You know when sitcoms do clip shows from previous episodes? Yeah, well, it's kind of like that. This is the best of Ron and Fez. Ron and Fez. On Raw Dog. Comedy. Hits. Channel 99. It's the Ron and Fez show, and Chris, who are we bringing in? Mr. Joe Mackey and Sam Morell. Oh my God, it's the, what I would consider the summer of Joe, because if we say summer of Sam, it'll scare a lot of people, Yes, you know, older people in New York, but the summer of Joe is going on. Congratulations, buddy. Oh, appreciate it. Thank you very much. Now, is this a little break in filming? Oh, uh, uh, they uh, they do uh, you know, in blocks. They they send us out for a little bit and they send us back. Uh, so yeah, we're on a little bit of a break. And Sam, how's your summer going? It's great. I'm I'm taking most of the summer to trash Joe Mackey. Whenever <laughs> someone walks up to him complimenting them, they say, "Oh my God, we're rooting for you in Last Comic Standing." I'm like, I think he's a hack, but you know. But whatever. I did notice this though, Sam. The only person I ever see Joe bust on is you. Yeah. He treats the rest of the world <laughs> formally, but with you, it's full attack. Yeah, I think you've just I've known him too long. He's too comfortable. Yeah, he is too comfortable. But you know. also, we're best friends and worst enemies. Not uh, a good person. <laughs> frenemies, I believe they call it in People magazine. <laughs> yeah. Sam, you uh, you're on the road now, right? Yeah. Now your buddy is out there. He's getting MBC primetime. Every goddamn week. I know. And you're on the road. Yeah, well, I, ref- I refuse to watch him on TV. <laughs> Is I, that right? You know what? Look, I mean, they seem to think he's funny, but I. Uh, if you're I don't not get getting it, it at I don't all. I get it. Um, no, he's uh, he's killing it. He's doing great. I, yeah, I'm on the road playing uh, shithole after shithole. Uh, not this, not coming up though. No, you got some these, great. Gigs. I got some great gigs. Yeah, wink, wink. And uh, we're not winking. We no, mean it. They're great. They're going to be. Yeah. Great. I'm going to great cities. Uh, yeah. Wilmington, North Carolina is a great city. Yeah. Been there a couple of times. Love it. Uh, might retire there. Sure, it's, it's beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. Hopefully soon. <laughs> just, just quit telling jokes, Sam. <laughs> quit. And uh, now, how are you handling all? How are you handling the pressure? You know, honestly, n- not as good as I. I'm just. Not, I'm just a. I'm a worrier by nature. Right. So it just makes me nervous that like. Uh, well, first of all, I don't know what it is about people that will write things on the internet and think that I won't probably read it. Like, I should, I, like, I should stop doing that. You, yeah, you should. Have, I mean, maybe famous people don't look at their Twitter, yeah, you know, or their Facebook or what. But like, you know, a lot of people do. So when they write like this guy sucks, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, my heart is crying. But but you know what? It's funny. Like everyone doesn't realize this. The biggest stars in the world come through serious, and all of them say, "Twitter is so mean." And I'm like, "Why does anyone go on Twitter? Why? You know, I don't care who you are. You read something bad about yourself, and it's it's unpleasant. It hurts. Someone told me I look like Michael Phelps with Down syndrome the other day, <laughs> as if I was going to read Michael Phelps and be like, "Oh, awesome." Yeah. You know? like, oh wait, there's more. Why be so redundant? And, 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 the Down syndrome. I don't know why people would insult Michael Phelps like that. <laughs> so you, you're enjoying it, but at the same time, for the first time, you're seeing people talk about you. People, people talk about you uh, like, like you've hurt them in some way if right. they didn't think you're funny. Yeah. And like, I just don't understand the mentality. I guess, I mean, 
I guess it makes you feel good. It's, it makes you feel empowered to, to complain about yeah. stuff. But you know, people are people. I, I just, I just don't you get a lot of that. love on Twitter. You get, yeah, you do you get a lot. Got, of, you yeah. get a love. You trended the first night that you did it, which I don't think that happened with anyone else. A lot of people called him the best looking lesbian in last comic standing okay. history. Okay, so, you know. okay, that hurts Roseanne's fault. <laughs> um, but you're getting both now. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's uh, I, I actually talked to someone who was on the last, uh, the last. Uh, season that they had in 2010 yeah. Rachel Feinstein who was a, a finalist yeah and she kind of said the same thing she's like yeah it was very hard to enjoy enjoy it in the moment maybe like later on I'll enjoy it but it's very nervous to have people <coughs> it, it's very uh, panic inducing to have people talk about you I, it's not something I used to uh, but no one says that Rachel's unattractive no no <laughs> no and honestly, no one says I'm <coughs> I'm unattractive except you know maybe when girls are talking to me, Sam will be like, "Yeah, he's not good looking. Don't talk to him." I've never said I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just so you're getting the ladies are liking you. Oh yeah, some some do. I I don't know how to deal with that either. No, I will. Girls will come up to me sometimes and talk to me after shows, and I I I'm just not that guy. Some people are that guy. I uh, I can't do that. You know what's I, I, stopping you? Oh boy, I'm kind of introvert. You know, I I know it's like you got to talk about yourself and you got to talk on radio shows, but I'm kind of a shy person and uh, I'm more of a relationship. I I just I can't do that. I I just yeah, uh, I, he thinks it would get in the way of his hooker and drug problem. <laughs> okay, and, uh, I say pretty time consuming. I prefer you know? hookers and drugs. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> Who, right, doesn't? <laughs> Who doesn't? It's faster. It's easier. But you know, it's weird how many comics are by nature shy. Plenty of them, and it's weird that I always hear. Oh, you know, somebody will say to me, "I went up to this guy on the street. I won't say any of the names, but they'll go. He just blew me off, and I'm like, he didn't just blow you off. He just does." doesn't get it to this name. I know some guys that have their faces on billboards and don't understand when people come up and want to talk to them. Well, some people, I, I think they just go up to people in the wrong way. You know, like, like I, it, does, it never happens to me, really, except someone's at a show. Yeah. And I was at the cellar last night pissing in the urinal, and this guy won't stop talking to me while I'm pissing. And I just want to be like, hey, can you let me piss? Right, you know, like, like I'll happily talk to you, but it's like a weird thing when people people pick the worst times. Well, I'll give you because I've been doing this a long time. Just go like this. Hey, take a look at my dick and look at this piss stream. Does this look normal to you? It's too thick. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of trying to avoid criticism, <laughs> but like, yeah, I got a friend uh, who met uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah, and he's like, Cuba Gooding Jr. is a jerk. I'm like, well, why is that? He's like, well, I saw him at a restaurant. And he was, I, I guess, Cuba Gooding Jr. was on a on his cell phone talking to someone, and he tapped him on the shoulder. And Cuba Gooding Jr. was annoyed that he tapped him on the shoulder. I'm like, well, yeah, you interrupted his phone conversation. Right. This stranger that had no no manners, and this guy probably told a hundred people that story that this guy is a jerk. When no, he was the jerk. That's the thing. It's like, well, people will actually also do this. They'll come up and they'll have their phone and say, hey, my buddy's on. Would you say hi to him? <laughs> so now you're on a fucking phone conversation. That's really odd. It's insane. Yeah. <laughs> who thinks to do that? Like, I got to call my friend. I saw a celebrity or someone I fucking like. You know who did yeah. that to me once? Who? Brad Pitt. Oh, shit. I'm like, Brad, give it a fucking rest, buddy. He is clingy. Yeah, he is. He's, He's the Joe Mackey of New Orleans, I call him. He is... Now, Joe, last time, here's why I was concerned about you. I felt like they were burning up your material when they didn't need to be doing that. Oh, well, um, 
the, the good thing is, it, the rules are the same for, for every comic. Yeah. And uh, just, uh, like, uh, that was the other night, uh, Thursday was the, uh, that was the third set I've had to do, and uh-huh. it ended up becoming really the fourth set I've had to right. do, too. Um, but that could have happened, I mean, had Monroe, who's very funny, Monroe Martin, check him out, he's very funny, had he advanced, he'd have been in the same predicament. So, uh, I would have liked to have saved those jokes, but if I don't win because I had to do an extra few minutes of time, that's really on me. You know, I, I it's, uh, the, the, the good, on the other side of the coin, it's really cool because... We both got to participate in an episode where something never happened before, yeah. And a lot of people were talking about it, and where, yeah. you know, it, it's tough. It's tough to get traction in the summer, and a lot of people said that was a great episode, one of the best episodes of Last Comic Stand I've ever seen. So, um, you know, what am I doing this for? You know, if I don't, if I don't want to tell jokes on TV, like that's kind of, like it was great. Like who else yeah. gets to tell? I got to tell jokes for eight minutes in prime time. It was nerve-wracking for me, though. I wish if you if this happens, then call me first. Tell me what's going to happen. And even if you said I get voted out here, I wouldn't worry as much. Right. But I uh, the, the night that they um, they got rid of Jimmy Schubert, I was literally depressed. We love Jimmy Schubert. Yeah. Oh man, he's a good dude. Mackie and I, we can tell when we're getting drunk because we started yeah. taking selfies of each other at the bar. Yeah. And we tweeted one out to Jimmy Schubert because we were yeah. both hammered and and. Uh, <laughs> It's just us holding up drinks, and Jimmy's tweeting us back. It was really the saddest interaction of yeah, all time. Yeah, it is time, sad. <laughs> Do you get any penis shots for him? Because he's known to sh- send them out. Uh, no penis shots. Uh, all we'll, right, well. We'll have to get a little drunk. Saying a lot about yourself. He's going to have to get a lot of, a little drunk. <laughs> yeah, well, that's nothing that anyone's ever had to say in history. He stays a little drunker. But, uh, but yeah, I, I know it's just a... It's not... The NFL, but I yeah. do get fucking caught up watching something that's a contest. I start acting like this isn't fair, and I'm yelling back. What is it? these are the? This is the picture they, the that's the picture they, they sent. The <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Yeah. Yeah, we had a few in us. <laughs> yeah, you look like happy drunk, so I'll give uh, you that. Mackie is the most upbeat drunk of it. He's like a Homer Simpson drunk, you know? Oh. He's like cartoon drunk. I love it. He also always tells you how much he loves you when he's drunk. He's one of those drunks. He'll be like, oh, Sam, I sh- sure am lucky to have friends like you. <laughs> and, and normally I hate you, so it, it does change things. I think we talked about that, that like, you know, when I when I drink a few beers, like three or four be- I'm a fun person, whereas some people, oh. They should not drink three or four beers ever. Well, do you drink before you go on stage? A little bit. I don't like to go up there drunk, though, because uh, you never know when you have to think on your feet. You never know when you're after. He's already on so much coke that the alcohol doesn't really hit I him say, at all anyway. That's know? that's a lie, Sam. <laughs> just just sit there and take pot shots. Mackie drinks. He, you wouldn't expect it, but he can right. put them back. And he's got a pretty good tolerance, too. I, I like to have a brewski or two. I think, makes me f- I think he looks like a drinker, if I had to guess. Yeah. Well, you know what, though? You go to, you go to, the, you go to the clubs and... Well, say you're, say you're doing the 945 and the 1145. And in between, you're just sitting at a bar where the drinks are free. So you might as well have a couple. Sure. You're working in a bar. Yeah, basically. Basically. Yeah. Uh, and they are free. Like someone says to you, would you like a free drink? Yes. How can that be turned down? Say, no, it's, it's tough. Yeah. It's almost like when you're at a baseball game and they shoot sandwiches into the crowd out of that rocket and like you might not even want a sandwich that's been shot out of a rocket but like people are like oh i gotta hustle for this free thing joe i think those are t-shirts yeah so i've never heard of the sandwich what baseball games do you go into oh they do that the, the, i was at a P- pittsburgh pirate game go pirates just just a couple of weeks ago oh man 
tell you what, uh, you want to know who my pick is for the World Series for the next 10 years. Pirates, uh, uh, 10 straight World Series. is Okay, there you have it. Lock it up. They okay. haven't made the playoffs since, what, 79? We made it last year. Oh, is that yeah, right? right. I, I mean, always forget. Out well, in the first round. It's that's why it's yeah. pretty forgettable. It's easy to forget because <laughs> it was 22 straight years. Right now, 22 straight years. Nick Swanson had the best bit about commit. He, the way he wants to commit suicide is with one of those t-shirt guns. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everyone's like me, me. And he's like, uh, uh-uh. uh. <laughs> in his bit. mouth. Keep going, Sam. Keep that's it not, I would, I, That's not. That's false. I would never watch my friend on TV. I, uh, you really can't do it. You no, can't I watch him. I'm watch. fucking around. I, yeah. I watch. I don't like the show to be honest, but I love uh-huh. Joe. So I do. I watch the clips of him online and stuff. You know? Right. But, uh, you know. What, what is it that you don't like about this show? I, comedy competitions make me so nervous, you know? Yeah. Right? Especially, like, for me, in them, they drove me nuts. I've done a bunch of, like, smaller scale competitions. Right. And uh, they drive me nuts, man. I always say it feels like a mile for Jews. Well, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's, it's also so t- we me, Sam and I have done a, a, a lot of competitions lot. in the yeah. city. That's how you get work. Yeah, yeah you, it's a great way to when you're starting out to get noticed, but it's also super stressful because they start out with like a lot of them start out, you do a minute, one minute or one two minute. minutes, and like you could have a better minute on any given night than Louis C.K. Right. But an open micer could have a better minute than yeah, you, you just want to get, get into the longer you, rounds. Yeah, yeah. You wanna, you know? it's, it's so stressful you got to have riffs arbitrary. ready. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, well, I mean, I, I, it helps you work, but it's, you know. Well, the, the difficult thing is there's some comedians that are up there just doing personality, and they may do better. Like, there's some people in this that are very likable, but you and Schubert are perfect examples of someone who's has material worth stealing, but a lot of those guys who would get over big and great like, personalities, yeah, both of them. I mean, yeah. I mean, Schubert. So he's an original. Yeah. So is Mackey. But you know? there's some people that are just very likable, and you're like, I like that dude. I'd like to see him come back. Yeah, you know, because he's. Uh, but that stuff after it's over, you're like, wait, what did I just watch? That was so. It's like, it's like it's uh, it's. Something's wrong with it when you when you're persuaded by charm. There's something wrong with it. You right. know, like, I want to remember jokes, not someone's smile. Yeah, know? and uh, and Mackie's got so many jokes. But you, know? you see those. I mean, there's three you know comedians who've been around for a long time, and you even see them get charmed by certain personalities. Yeah, you know, or backstory, or like, so, sometimes they get swayed by the audience too. Yeah, and sometimes the sometimes the audience is not a good consumer of what's good comedy, like. Uh, Sam and I are, we're always talking about how, uh, sometimes the guys who kill every night are killing for the wrong reasons. They're doing stuff that's too broad or they haven't written in 15 years. And the guy's like, well, that guy's, that guy's great. That guy's great. But when the people who've seen him twice are like, wow, he did the exact same thing or he did the same thing that this other guy did 20 years ago, just repurposed, you know, that's the frustrating thing about comedy. It's, I guess it's I guess it's like that way with music too. It's like you go to a bar and people would rather hear the cover band, you know. When they, and when they play absolutely original. right, yeah, it's abs- well, particularly in Jersey for some reason, that is like the tribute band capital of the world. I don't know what it is that they would rather go see a tribute band of a bad band than they would somebody doing originals, you know. Or a bad tribute band. Blink, <laughs> Blink 183, the Stone Pony. <laughs> uh, one of the worst things I've ever seen online, there's a George Carlin impersonator. Oh, and he's doing it what? to sell. He's like, instead of, uh, you know that bit Carlin does about stuff? Yeah. He's doing it for data. Well, he does it corporate. It was like a corporate oh, gig that he brutal. changed. He, he changed the stuff bit 
with the word data because I, I guess it was probably some some data analyst company or something and it was just it'll make you squirm it's the worst thing I've ever seen that is nightmarish did you find it Chris? yeah I I believe believe this is it this is it how you doing? holy shit he even looks like George he does look like him what's new? what's going on? (laughs) what do you think? what do you hear? what do you say? what do you feel? get past (laughs) what's going down? what it is? how's it hanging? semantic God, this is scary. Now, I gotta tell you, now that I'm gone, <laughs> I realize the true meaning of life, the whole purpose of life, and that is trying to find a place for your data. Oh, my <laughs> God. That's all your house is. Yeah, Any civilized country would kill this man. Oh, he's yeah, the worst. If you didn't data, you would need a house. You just walk around all the time. That's all Everyone's just fucking staring at him. I have a data with a cover on it. You see that when you take off in an airplane? You look down, you see everybody's got a little pile of data. Oh my God. And when you leave your data, gotta walk it up. Wouldn't want somebody to come by and take some of your data. <laughs> they always take the good data. I, I literally feel sorry for the fucking office drones that are sitting there. I've never, I've never sided with the corporate. <laughs> no, ever. But this is so uncomfortable. Brutal. All right, let's just try to guess this. What do you think this guy's getting paid for this gig? More than I'm getting paid for yeah. this upcoming weekend because it's a corporate and they, and they throw out good crazy money. And I'll, I'll tell you what, it's there's a lot of people who look like George Carlin, and there's a lot of people that sound like him, but to look and sound like him, that's pretty, yeah. that's pretty hard to do. It's a, it's a good impression. It's just like, I don't, I don't know, what, what's, your, what's your goal? I, this is like watching someone shit on a grave. That's horrifying. all I can figure out. Horrifying. Well, first digging it up, and then shitting, <laughs> and then putting the dirt on top of it. I might have to take a swing at him while he was doing this. Uh-huh. I might have to hit that old man right there. A place for your data. Ugh. That's, I like that, to watch. That's where it's like the guy who thought this was a good idea. Yeah. It's like it's like you're not playing these anymore. But I wish there was like just one booking agent who had a bunch of these people. <laughs> you know, he just keep bringing them out stable. one after another. Here's Will Hicks. <laughs> Here's mustard, mustard feeding. <laughs> oh, we're going back that deep. Wow, mustard feeding back here. Jesus Christ! It took me a second. <laughs> <laughs> It's so awful. Uh, have you have you heard Will Hicks' data bit though? <laughs> <laughs> that is so terrible. I, I, I'd love to see him just start doing original material. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my wife left me. Uh. <laughs> so I've been I've been a George Carlin impersonator. We gotta send that to Carlin's family. Maybe they can uh, end with a cease and desist. Uh, where's the bullet? <laughs> it just hires someone to go over whack and cap that fucker. <laughs> Who taped this? <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking true. I bet it's so the guy's sitting there. Does this have like a ton of hits online too? And then seven, seven oh, thousand, okay. not no. seven. But does some guy have to think? Okay, I'm gonna upload that later. 
So we're great for our conference. Yeah, I, love, I love, I love, the, I love the caption. George Carlin impersonated Palmy terribly in a conference room. Turns out the words "stuff" and "data" aren't interchangeable. As, as if that's the problem. That's 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 the thing I want to pick out. Here's what I like. Even with the sound of, you can see that the audience isn't moving at all. It's not even so much that they're not laughing, but they're frozen. <laughs> they're in shock. You know that that's a polite crowd. Yeah. It, but it's also like those are the bombs when you have that happen. Right. This is better than a seven words you can't say a corporate retreat. So. <laughs> well, I mean, he doesn't. He keeps selling. Oh, look at him! He's busting his ass with this thing. But what's great is like you know you can't get you can't heckle because you'll get fired. You know you have to go up to someone who paid for this and like hey that was really helpful. I got the data thing now. You know I was worried. You know for a while I was wishy washy, but after that yeah I'm gonna start worrying about a place for my data. God that's awful. How did you even find this? Someone posted it on Facebook and said this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, I gotta see it. <laughs> you ever get in those Facebook Facebook death traps where you just watch awful thing after awful thing? I saw one that was pretty funny though the other day of just it's just I think it's called like slap cam or something, and it's just guys slapping people in the face without them knowing it. <laughs> so it'd just be a guy standing there and he'd walk up and smack him in the face. That was kind of funny actually. But yeah, they'll take it up until they're fucking stabbing each other in the thigh. <laughs> this is hysterical. <laughs> I hope this guy gets slap cammed in fucking two seconds. Everyone has their arms folded. <laughs> yes. They're not moving. Well. And they're wondering why they did this for the... They know they didn't want their life to turn into something like this. These guys really unpleasant. Yeah, everyone is just fucking feeling embarrassed for themselves <laughs> and this man. It's like having someone show up and well, like the one. boss saying this is important and then having a guy come out and masturbate all over the place. <laughs> well, there's one guy who's like, wait a minute, this isn't George Carlin at all. <laughs> <laughs> Some other guy go home and tell his wife we saw Carlin today. It was great. <laughs> Not that funny. Yeah. <laughs> Not that funny in real life. That is so fucking creepy. Oh. See, I would always, I would go in the opposite direction and just act like I was laughing real hard. Because <laughs> I'll do that to like when you have a conference and there's bosses jokes, and he'll do that joke to get started. I'll do the, ah! <laughs> <laughs> especially if he does a joke like, I see Chris has got a drink early, and then I'll just turn and point at Chris. Chris has a substance abuse problem. <laughs> he does. <laughs> Uh, does insurance cover that? <laughs> All right, easy, everybody. So. I'm getting pointed out here. All right, now pull out your packets. That's when you know you're in a bad meeting when packets are handed out. PowerPoint presentations. Oh, God. Fuck that. I don't know how anyone that wears a tie just doesn't end up choking themselves with it. Probably uh, doing their masturbating. It's between that. You know what, well, Chris? Well, it's that or, that or do the George Carlin impression. <laughs> Like, like thank God I'm not thank God I'm not doing that and I'm and I'm working in a boring office job. Not like mustard Pete in your <laughs> Oh boy. Who is this guy? From the when? The twenties? People are just really confused. <laughs> That'd be great to do, do corporate impressions of people no one knows. No one gets at all. So maybe have you guys done corporate gigs? Not really. Never. No, I'm not really right for him. I don't think. I've I've done one. Yeah. How'd you go over there? 
not very good. Um, you know, the, the stuff that tends to kill at a corporate gig is stuff that people are comfortable laughing at in front of their coworkers. Right. So if you tell a joke about Hitler or something, they, they might not enjoy it. I got done yeah. a few work things, but even benefits, I'm kind of like, you should have gotten someone else, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> when I, was, I remember I was bombing a cancer. Yeah, I was I was Yeah, I was like, I was like, I'm not good at this. But uh, I remember I was bombing a cancer benefit, and I kept saying, what is this, a cancer benefit? <laughs> <laughs> I did a Toys for Tots benefit that was held on a Sunday afternoon in the middle of football season, and... It was a longshoreman's <laughs> wife who organized it. So it was her and a hundred longshoremen all checking their phones to watch the football scores. <laughs> Shit! I, the, the, George Carlin, the George Carlin guy had a better set. <laughs> Seeing people checking their fucking fantasy oh. thing is unbelievable. The, the, like, when, sh when should we have the benefit? Oh, right in the middle of football season. Oh. <laughs> During the games. Well, now you you know you are right about that because if anything comes up during football season, it feels like an intrusion. It's like someone said, uh, "Can you come to my house at four o'clock in the morning?" You know what I mean? Like it doesn't you. make sense. Like why would you do that? I don't even want to hear my phone ring on Sundays. Yeah, no, you have to be isolated. Yeah. You're just watching fucking Red Zone. Like the only time person. I want my phone to ring on Sunday is if my bookie calls me crying, asking if he could just pay me in installments. <laughs> that's that's what I'm hoping for. I just don't have it all. <laughs> Nothing makes you feel like less of an entertainer than when you're on stage and everyone's texting too. And the younger shows, you see it sometimes now. Yeah, you know? just younger. I saw Todd Barry had the best comment I think on this I've ever heard. When people was texting the crowd, he said, "Having trouble spelling hilarious." <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Yeah, and that's that's a thing. It's like he made a joke about it, whereas like you can really. If you scold someone in the crowd for doing something that other people in the crowd don't think is that big a deal, right. and texting is a big deal, they kind of can turn on you, too. So it's nice to have that in your pocket. Exactly. Yeah, like you're rude. You're like, no, I'm, I can see you. Yeah. Or they just hand, put their phone up at you. There is something so offensive of like someone not asking you to be in a video and just starts videoing you. I almost did it to, on Saturday. I almost did it. I was as hungover as I've been in like weeks. Uh -huh. And I, there's a baby screaming every stop on the subway. And I was like, I got to videotape this. This is too much. And the, and the mom got furious at me. Sure. She was holding the camera up. And I was like, well, make your baby stop crying. I won't try to turn an Instagram video out of this. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had it happen yesterday in the park. I told I did the show uh, laughs in the park. Really fun show. Yeah, it is. They had good. a great turnout. Uh, but one person was filming, it and I'm like, you know, it's already a free show. Yeah, right. it's like and like you don't know what's going to happen in that video, especially when you're performing. If you do a new joke and it bombs, you have an interaction with a heckler, and someone cuts it out of context. So I was like, I was, I just like, please don't film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was there. I did laugh in the park the week before, and there was a crazy homeless guy screaming during this guy Sean Donnelly said he's a really funny guy, and he just keeps screaming during the set. And some guy walks up to Sean after he said he's like, "Hey man, don't listen to that homeless guy." I thought he was funny. <laughs> <laughs> like Sean was losing sleep over some crazy guy, you know. <laughs> 
Sam Morrell and Joe Mackey are in studio with us. The Sam and Joe Show that's happening Sunday, 9.30 at Caroline's on Broadway. You can go to carolines.com for tickets. Also, you can see Sam at the Carolina Comedy Club, Myrtle Beach, that's August 6th to the 9th, and the Dead Crow Comedy Club in Wilmington, North Carolina, August 1st to the 2nd. And cheer on Joe Mackey on Last Comic Standing on NBC's every Thursday night at 10 p.m. Eastern. Now, you guys have been doing the Sam and Joe show uh, Sunday nights at Caroline's for some time. But now Joe's demanding to go on last (laughs) and saying he needs 15 minutes in between you guys. He won't even stay in the same green room with me See anymore. That? It's kind of crazy. He demanded like a carrot tray or something. Yeah. He's that, gone Hollywood. That's actually not completely accurate. I asked that Sam not be allowed in the green room. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one green room, and it should be only for me. And kind of, that's kind of for the the uh, important comics. Um, the important. Yeah. Ones. Well, uh, I actually showed up late to the show yesterday. Yeah. I showed up about an hour late, and uh, Joe was a, Joe did a great job hosting. So uh, it was a great one. I feel like we're getting some street traffic now from Joe's face on the on the picture. Well, we, we we had uh we had a good turnout yesterday, and Sam murdered the ending. It was a fun, it was a fun, fun show. show. A lot of great comics on. Joe DeRosa was on it. Uh, who else was on? Adrian Ipalucci. A lot of hilarious people were on. And they had that weird street fair they do in the middle of every July in, in Times Square, which I, I don't understand why they do that stuff. Yeah. It's like there's not enough stores in New York <laughs> yeah. City. We need to close down a street to have Matt stores. Matthew's got a weird bone to pick with things. Like yeah. The other day he was telling me how much he hates secret menus. I hate se- I do hate <laughs> secret menus. Because like I, I, I was in Los Angeles. People were like, you got to go to In-N-Out Burger. So I went to In-N-Out Burger. It was... It was a decent burger. Yeah. But they're like, so I'm like, they're like, you weren't blown away? I'm like, no. And they're like, well, did you order off the secret menu? you got to know how to order. I'm like, no, I don't have to know how to order. <laughs> but it's like I a known secret a... menu. Everyone knows you got to get animal style, Mackie. You should have known to get animal style. If, if I have to know to get animal style, put it on the menu so I don't have to join a click to order a fast food. Who do you think you are? <laughs> that I ha- they're like, oh, you, you go to Jamba Juices, you order it the secret way? I'm like, no, I just wanted to get, if it's so good, put it on the menu. I don't want to have to learn. And you want it to be open to the public. You want everybody to have the same fair shot. I want an inclusionary menu where I don't uh, have to wear tight jeans Joe. and listen to, very impressed. listen to indie rock to be able to go in there and buy a sandwich. What an attack on indie rock out of yeah, nowhere. This guy thinks it. he's a martyr. That's what yeah. bothers me. You know. But you do have a point about people who rent store space and then on a Sunday have to see that someone's selling hot dogs in front of their door. It's insane to me that they put up with it on these street fairs. Yeah. You're like, I fucking sell diamonds here. Now I look out and there's a rug salesman in front of me. And it's the same guys who travel all around the city. It's not like a fun fair that you're getting from somewhere. Yeah, it's not like New York City. It's hard to find places to buy <laughs> Niche items like right. there's some there's stores for everything and like hey let's you know what New York City needs less streets <laughs> we need to, we need to close down streets you know what the best part too is they'll yeah. have like a fake Rolex stand right in front of our show and someone will be like comedy show and they're like that sounds like a ripoff and then they'll buy a fake Rolex you know <laughs> well they shut down my street for two days because Obama was going to use it like five minutes a day during the two days. So no, you know, everyone had to go park somewhere else and you couldn't go up and down the street. And then this was also, while he's doing this, it was just to raise money for the Democratic Party. And this is why the Russians are shooting down planes oh, and God. shit. So people were yelling shit as, as he's going by on my street. At about, 
150 miles an hour. Like, you would think it would be fun to see the president drive past your house. In a motorcade or whatever? It's not. Uh, no. It's not. I want him to be in a you know convertible like JFK. Sure. But I guess they don't do that anymore. What went wrong that they don't do that anymore? <laughs> Weird. The Sam and Joe shows happen in Caroline's on Broadway. That happens every Sunday with Sam Morrell and Joe Mackey. Carolines.com for tickets. Also, the Carolina Comedy Club in Myrtle Beach and the Dead Crow Comedy Club in Wilmington. Those dates are uh, beginning of August for Sam Morrell and Joe Mackey on Last Comic Standing every Thursday night. I, I don't have any jokes about the Kennedy assassination. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we looked around. Let's get a plug going. Fez is also not himself because he's being operated on in two days. A piece of his hip is being put into his neck. And for some reason, that's the only thing he can think about. Instead of being here having fun, he's just thinking about his neck being cut open and then his hip being cut open and his hip going into his neck. Why Why? Uh, why your hip and your neck? What's What's going he on? He just thinks that it, his neck needs to be wider. That'll make me taller. It's cosmetic? It's, a yeah, cosmetic. it's completely yeah. cosmetic. <laughs> From the inside. He's, he's so sick of this old neck. I'm, you know, it's embarrassing. Women like a nice big neck bone. I think about doing that myself. But <laughs> Fuzz, you say it's all you can think about for like the last week. Yeah, yeah. Just I picture myself... I think the the weirdest picture in my head is like I don't even know how they do the anesthetic, but I just picture this giant mask going over my face and that being you, it lights that, out. You've done that before, haven't you? No. No, it's um with with the stents and the heart attacks, I always stayed awake. Mm. Wow. At, you know, kind of awake while they were in my heart, you know, right. cleaning stuff out. You stay semi-conscious. Well, when they put it over your face, because I had the appendix thing, you start to feel the gas, right? Is it gas? It's yeah, not an IV? Feel, yeah, you feel like, no, it's gas. Yeah. It's just filling up in your nose, and you're choking. You're like, <gasps> and they're just, they're just you're trying to fight for your life, and they're pushing it harder down, and they're just screaming, go out. And you, I feel that way when I put a pillow over yeah. Joe's face when he's trying to sleep. <laughs> Finally. It's the same. It really is basically the end scene from Cuckoo's Nest. And you're just swatting at the air until finally you slowly start to give in. You start to weaken and they can feel it. So uh, so that's the part that has you most nervous. Yeah. Well, it's gonna, it takes about 8 to 10 minutes to finally choke out on that. Really? So fun, yeah, about 8, eight to, to 10 eight sounds to, like wow. a lifetime of oh, death. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a long time. And it's thick, you know. Uh, it just It's just weird that we're still... Like uh, trying to fix our body with other parts of our body. It, uh, you know, someday everyone will think, uh, laugh, and say, "That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of." Because, like, they're like they're like later on, you're going to have to get a part of your other hip put into that part of your hip. Or you just take a piece of your neck and put that down <laughs> into your hip. Well, you it, seems like, it, seems like a, it seems like a rod or something would be more <laughs> useful than another part that, of your body that you might need. Well, what are point. you missing? I had a um I have a herniated disc and what happened was it like just disintegrated. It's not there anymore. Wow. So they're rebuilding one with my hip bone. Now you can fix that with hot towels. I don't know why you're doing all this stuff. If you just put some hot towels on there, you'll he, feel great. The surgeon never brought up the hot towel treatment. <laughs> he didn't advise you to walk it off. <laughs> just walk it off. 
Uh, and then what do they do? They're going to drill into the hip first or into the neck first? I guess they'll go into the hip first so that they're ready guessing? to go. How do you not know exactly what they're going to do to you? It's going to be an itinerary. They're going to take the hip bone. They're going to harvest that, which is already a horrible sounding <laughs> word. It sounds like the beginning of a horror movie. I yeah, know, because yeah. it sounds like they're going in with a thrasher or a sickle or something. They're going to get the hip bone. Then they're going to make an incision more in my throat than in my actual neck. I thought I would get like one of those Peyton Manning scars down the back of my neck, but that's not happening. So Why, you wanted that? I think that would be a better looking scar to have. I think it's a badass story to have, too. Just like chicks like a scar, I think. You guys understand that he's not impressed with chicks at all, right? You get that? You both brought it up so naively. Chicks are going to like when you get that. Great, whatever. You get some great trim. That's like you guys saying, hey, that hat's going to attract bugs. You know what I mean? That'll it be does. Great for it you. does. Very smelly hat. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of gnats. Yeah. Uh, well, this um, now, Chris. How? What are we going to do re- to replace Fez during the couple weeks that he's gone? What do you have lined up for us? I have no one lined up. Oh, as of yet. <laughs> but it's it's he's going. Right. Does, does that feel worse or better? <laughs> I guess it feels better. No one could replace me. Yeah, but that's almost like let's say Letterman was out. And they just had an empty desk and let the people come out and just start talking. It's almost like you're not needed. When yeah. you want to think, my job needs somebody to fill in. I'd like to think of it that way. <laughs> but since Chris hasn't made a move, it's obviously not. He's actually just going to put a paint can so that that, <laughs> that chair doesn't blow away in the wind. You'll be fine. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't. <laughs> you don't have anything planned. I haven't haven't booked out anything that no. Yeah, no. But I got till tomorrow. So, uh, at what time are you gonna completely wake up by the time the show's over on Wednesday? Um. Yeah, I hope so. I hope I'm awake by then. All right. Well, then I gotta go get a Sports Illustrated, take it to you, and then I've done what I'm supposed to do. We're done. When your friends in the hospital, you show up, you give them a Sports Illustrated, then you go like this. Uh, this sucks. So, all right, I gotta get out of here. I can't fucking hang around this place too long. Enjoy that. Though. The whole thing is a preseason NFL thing. You're gonna oh, like. Nice. That's yeah. the one I go in for the free coffee and I get out. I don't, you know. This place blows, huh? It's all like hospital. Yeah, nurse is a real bitch. Anyway, I got to get out of here now. But like, you ever notice when someone's mom comes to the hospital, she lives there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. she's very happy to be there forever. She's in for the long haul. She's needed. <laughs> you know? She's like, can I get you anything else? She's like, I guess. No one else is fucking here to help me. Everyone else just keeps fucking giving me magazines and leaving. <laughs> Here's another Sports Illustrated. It's like a Hudson News in this thing. I don't think you'd still be in here, but uh, I hope you like it. I stick around and I try to meet a Filipino nurse. That's what I do. Didn't see a lot of my dying grandfather, but I did get a couple phone numbers. I don't know if I would say nurses are all that attractive. No? Yeah. They are in, you know, like, porns, but in real life, they they tend to be... Well, they all wear bad shoes, and I feel like that's a turnoff. Well, you gotta wear bad shoes. You're always walking around. I I think they're sensible shoes, and I like them, to be quite honest. Those orthopedic ones. But do you you ever see them in real life? Someone wearing white orthopedic shoes. Oh, is it getting hot in here? Because I don't know what it is. <laughs> I, 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 nothing makes me like. I just don't enjoy high heels, or it just bothers me that like you're wearing. Because like when I see those shoes, I'm like, you know what? In ten years, she's gonna be complaining that her feet hurt all the time, and that's I don't want to hear that. 
this relationship's going nowhere. I probably get my head up. I have to talk to girls first. You sound like a misogynistic pig right now, Joe. No, I don't. I don't think that I sound like that. That's, that know, is your like opinion, you sir. <laughs> I like the way it turned into a debate, like yeah. a nice political debate. Oh, yeah. That's your opinion, sir. Yeah, well. All right. Someone's had this operation, Fez. They want to talk to you about it. All right. They've had what there was now. They actually call this the unofficial name that they call it in the hospital is rolling death. Oh. So let's see, Larry. Larry, <laughs> how you doing, buddy? Horrible name. Yeah. Larry, we got you. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, you know what? It is called the rolling death. I just want you to know that. But um, Fez, I want you to know the hip hurts a lot worse than the neck does. It's got to. They're actually carving a chunk of bone off of a off of a person. Well, not any person. It gets fine after about two weeks, but you, you'll go through literally two weeks. Your hip is going to kill you so bad that you won't even notice the neck. So that's the secret to the success of the surgery. Make something else hurt even worse. That sounds like it's not going to help his posture in the long run if you're crouched over on the hip. And that's know. what I think started this, right? Bad posture? Yeah. Just hunched over the computer the wrong way. Not You've even walk not walk over. Yeah, not walking, yeah. standing up straight. Like, show her what your regular walk is. <laughs> Why do you do that? That's it. I don't you're know. Not be, you're not going to be able to walk for a few days. Trust me. <laughs> we um, trust you. Yeah. There's yeah. No, I, I've got I don't no have any reason, reason not to. Yeah. What, what else horrible is going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> now, um, did you find out if you're getting a tube up your cock? Oh. Uh, I was told yes. Wow. To me, that was the worst part of the appendix. Oh, I can't imagine. Thing. I woke up as they're pulling six feet of fucking tube oh, out of my God. dick hole. Why don't they just let you piss yourself when you're on there? I mean, piss is sterile. <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's going to fuck, fuck anything up. I don't know. I mean, I think what you're coming up is a great theory. <laughs> Thank you. But I know I wanted to kill that guy and actually start telling him. Oh. I actually told him I was calling you to kill him. Because I knew <laughs> I couldn't do it myself with my appendix being out. I would have set that whole fucking hospital on fire. I, I wanted you to at the time. I was down. That was the thing that hurt me more than anything else, I believe. Well, yeah, you're, you're getting your dick fucked. With... There's a garden hose into your cock. Oh. <laughs> um... <laughs> Here's uh, here's Randy. Randy, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, boys, what's up? Hey. Hey, Fezzy, I had the same surgery, and they used a piece of uh, cadaver bone to put in my neck. I had two discs taken out. I've heard cadaver yeah. bone. I've heard something plastic. Uh, Ugh, would you want a dead bone in your neck? No. Use my own living hey, bone. Maybe it could be a dead guy, gay guy, and he could have a gay guy in it. Oh, yeah. Finally, get no, a gay bone no in need me. for that type of humor here, right? Yeah. That's no place, sir. No one wants it in that AIDS. <laughs> I was laughing at something else. <laughs> so was I. I was laughing at the same other thing. Uh, Sean, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie B. Joe Mackey's been killing it on uh, Last Comic Standing. He's oh, thank destroying. You. He's made us all so proud. It is the summer of Joe. It's the magical summer of Joe now. I just, do you feel like you've got enough material to finish the season? Yeah, I got nice stuff. I have, I have a shot. I got a shot. I got uh, a lot of, a lot of jokes that I think people are gonna like. But you know what? There's a lot of good comics, and uh, like me and Sam were saying earlier, a lot of times it's subjective. You know, it's yeah. really hard to. You know, it's, that sounds like loser talk. Yeah. Can I tell you something? How I feel? It's a lock. A hundred percent lock. 
You're going to get the NBC show. You're going to get the six and a half million dollars that they hand out. You're going to drop me as a friend. Yeah. I mean, a lot of good things are in your future, Jeff. Well, I hope so, because that last part sounds pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> or you can just hang around and use them as a lackey that you can be mean to, like Elvis did to his friends. Uh, I, I mean, I don't even do drugs, but I think drug mule, yeah. I'm a little upset with the Elvis comparison. I don't think we're ready to compare uh, Mackie. I honestly think, seriously, I know that you don't watch this whole thing. It's bigger than Elvis right now. Yeah? I will go so far. This is a very strange for me. My mom was telling me, was impressed that I know Joe. Wow. Yeah. But she's going, oh, you know him. You know people way more famous than me. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> that doesn't matter to my mom. My mom was you and any soprano. I would always say, still do this I'm impressed day. by the soprano. If any soprano, I would just give her a call. Uh, guess who was in here today? Who? Big Pussy. What? Oh my God, that's great. Whoa. Sean, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, uh, back to Fez's neck operation. At this point in his life, at his age, wouldn't he be better off just using graham crackers than his hip bones? He's going to end up treating them like graham crackers. Well, are you in a lot of pain, like, getting around? Is, is like Not none. It goes into my shoulder. It's not even so much the neck pain as it is in my shoulder and down my arm where that collapsed bone is sitting on the nerve. It, no, that doesn't sound fun at all. No, it doesn't. That doesn't sound even slightly good. <laughs> but, you know, it's. I'm glad that you're talking about serious, Fez, because you're finally taking this. Serious. This is it. You're at death's door, and now you're gonna either you're gonna win, or finally Mr. Death will take you home. <laughs> either way, it'll be over. One way or another. I can't. I've been waiting three months for this operation, and now it seems like it went really, really quick. All right. Why don't we break here? We'll try to get this back together. Fez Watley may be the last times. Today and tomorrow will be the last times he's on the air. Jesus Christ. And if anything happens to you on that table, Chris, your recommendation is don't even bring anybody in to fill in for him. <laughs> As a right now. We don't need anyone. <laughs> you wouldn't even book one person to come in and do his job? No, no, no there's no one booked yet. We haven't... <laughs> You're not even bothering? <laughs> to me, that would really break my heart if I found that out. No, nothing booked. Mm. I remember the first, when I heard about it, the surgery happening. I was at the track, and I was so upset <laughs> due to the losing money. The mine, track? Yeah. <laughs> you look like way more together than be a track guy. Oh, Jesus. no. He's a fucking no. rail bird. Love it. He's Love a Belmont. loser. Was it the dog track or the horse track? Horse track. Oh, you're not that scummy. So I would go to a dog track. Yeah. <laughs> Like dog been? track is the one in uh, the one in um, St. Pete. Pete. It was awesome. It looked great. You mean awesome? They're fucking <laughs> sad. They chased that mechanical rabbit. I had a great time. Those dogs looked like they were having fun. Did you win anything? Came very close to hitting for, for, on a fucking superfecta, but uh, a friend of mine at Saratoga yesterday went back to back trifectas. Oh shit! And then stopped at the barbecue place that you love on the way back. Oh PJs. Yeah, and I'm like, you're living the life Chris wishes <laughs> he had, just winning yeah. and then spending it immediately. Yeah, that's. I would love to be able to spend some fucking. When's the last time you had a good day at the track? Like two was, years ago. Who was president? <laughs> was it the uh, Bush years? The first Bush? Obama won, all right? <laughs> 
You know when sitcoms do clip shows from previous episodes? Yeah, well, it's kind of like that. This is the best of Ron and Fez. Ron and Fez. On Raw Dog. Comedy. Hits. Channel 99. You're listening to the best of Ron and Fez. On Raw Dog. Comedy. Hits. Everybody is talking about this article that showed up where? Cosmo? Cosmo magazine, yeah. Um, and a meme from the headlines has this... I guess Cosmo was giving away for lesbian positions? Yeah, lesbian sex positions. Now, who were they trying to explain this to? Lesbians well, or straight dudes? As, as looking through that article, I believe it was les- it's lesbians. Lesbians who read Cosmo magazine. What but do- don't they already know how to... Uh, do this. All right, what are some of the mind-blowing things? Let's. Uh, what's that one there? It's called the double duty. Uh-huh. It looks like you're just licking a vagina from behind. That well, is. I think that the thing. The point is, you got the nose in the ass. Right. So you stick your nose in her ass while you're licking her vagina. What's this one? The kinky jockey. That you partners on all four. So you're straddling her hip like you're kind of riding her, which I. I've always heard from lesbians that the whole, like, scissoring thing, it, that's like a myth. It doesn't do anything for them. I know for a fact that women like to scissor. I've seen it. Um, <laughs> close up. All right, let's go to the next one. That's a defying gravity. Your partner sits on a chair facing away from you. You straddle her and then, again, face right in the ass. But again, uh, why wouldn't they say this is something a man could do with a woman? None of these things seem to be exclusive to lesbians. This is just, yeah, oral. Yeah. Anal and cunnilingus. But, I mean, do you really want to fucking have a trapeze act? What's this one? That's the back that ass up, grinding her hips against her butt. Again, I've heard that is called uh, tribbing. Before. No, I don't. I've never heard the term. What do they mean by tripping? Is that like from triples? It's it's basically you're acting as if you like how you would have sex if you were a man and a woman, but you know it's you obviously don't have a penis. They call it tripping. No, does she have a strap on? No, that's without. No, that's a just your traditional strap on. Without it, it's called tra- tribism or just tripping. All right. It'd just be tripping. Keep moving along here, uh, like you were presenting. Like the and this one, the good cop, naughty cop, that is with a strap on. She, you're doing her doggy style, but she has her hands handcuffed behind her back. Now, I I cannot believe that lesbians are reading Cosmo for this. I think if anything, it's just trying to turn on straight people. Like trying to convert like a straight chick reading Cosmo. Like oh. Maybe I should try some lesbian love. I could do the back that ass up. Or I'll sit and masturbate while I look at these fun cartoons. I go back to, what was that one? The tawdry tire swing. You're basically just sitting on someone's spoon. vagina. It's and a spoon. Just... Uh, keep going. It's a spoon in a clip rub. Yeah, the spoon in the clip rub. It's that simple. <laughs> the classic scissor. They're going vintage. Yeah. We're all familiar with that. But what about knizzers, where it's part knife, part scissors? 
I guess that would be like... I guarantee you lesbians are looking at this going, what the fuck are you talking about? This is nonsense. We're talking about that blue is the warmest color, that like lesbian movie that came out this year that everyone was raving about, that all the sex in it was just totally unrealistic, and nobody's just grinding on each other for three hours at a time. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I you fucking watching everyone have sex in the world? Come on, bro. Look, I gotta have fill my time somehow. All right, so this is um, meme from the headlines. Meme from the headlines. And this is a little-known lesbian positions not mentioned in the Cosmo article. Uh, a trip to Taco Bell uh, has made that. It's just simply the trip to Taco Bell. Uh, slip and slide. Okay. That seems doable. Uh, no strikes, no balls. Uh. Parking the camel is one of those little-known uh, positions not mentioned that. in Cosmo. Um, the leaky dike. Okay. That's a nice position not mentioned in Cosmo. Me from the headlines. Tit for tat for tits doesn't show up in Cosmo. Me from the headlines. The red snake goes blue. Not mentioned in Cosmo. Me from the headlines. The Rosie Not mentioned in Cosmo. Me from the headlines. Downtown on Abbey did not get a mention in Cosmo. Me from the headlines. Crotch, paper, scissors. <laughs> we, <laughs> we all played this in kids. Me from the headlines. Waiter, there's a vagina in my soup. Me from the headlines. Smashing pumpkins. Me from the headlines. And then finally, Timmy's stuck in the well. None of these got mentioned, except for thank God for. Me from the headlines. Jesus. How could Cosmo missed all these things? I mean, they have to fucking back that ass up. I would actually, I would have put up um, the Girl Scout Thin Mint and just left it at that. Everybody loves the Thin Mint. <laughs> How about the Muff McKagan? And you like right behind it is playing it like a bass. Did a little duff, chug that right. Yeah. <laughs> the Muff big, and you just hold her like a bass. Yeah. And boom, boom, yeah. <laughs> But I didn't even know that Guns N' Roses played that way. What about you? You got one of these? Uh... How about Grind Blouse? They're just rubbing their titties together. <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> Seriously, here's the problem with you. We just tried to do something fun and cute. Yeah. And you had to come in with Grind Blouse. Grind Blouse, like Grindhouse. Yeah. And women wear blouses. <laughs> Why are we doing this? All right, here's what people write when when Shelby was doing his thing. He's much too clinical. Um, Remy came up with five in the pink, five in the stink. I call that a two-fister.
Crick Boy also wrote, don't let Pepper on the elevator with BL. It will just end in security footage of Hicks <laughs> dragging out a knocked out BL. <laughs> Only gets you got a bad fucking reputation, kid. Look, I bring it every fucking day, okay? And hopefully I'll only get suspended for two fucking shows. No, if be, that does happen. Two breaks. <laughs> two breaks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's two o'clock. I'm back in. <laughs> you just come fucking flying back out on the ice. <laughs> Electric Dave said... Shelby explaining sexual positions <laughs> is like Fez explaining how to do radio. I mean, I guess they'd sit or grind something on another thing. Dan, Dan, you want to play me from the headlines? What do you got, Dan? I got, uh, you guys forgot the McMuff the Slime Dog. 866. <laughs> Run zero fez eight six six, run zero fez. Uh, what about the colon? It's a thinker, but two periods equal. Uh, uh, here is uh, Chuck. Chuck, do you want to play? Me from the headlines. Chuck, what do you got, buddy? I got. How about? Clitty, clitty, bang, bang. Oh, jeez. Okay, clitty, clitty, bang, bang. Kind of hot. I guess though. that it works. That. Yeah. Kind of turned up. Kind of worked a little bit, I guess, <laughs> in its own way. Um, really uncomfortable. You know, one Cosmo missed is also the Lilith Fair. That's just where you take a bunch of lawn clippings and put them on your bed and just fuck on top of that. Oh, God. When you say fuck, it just sounds like a child is saying it. It's really, really, really rough. No, that's our show, though. Creepy and androgyny. Hey, Charlie, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, what's up, Ronnie? Got one for baseball. How about the Lenny Dykstra? The Lenny Dykstra is a really, really great sexual position. Me from the headlines. Uh, Sean, you're on the Run of Fez show. Two fives, a girl, and a stinky place. Me from the headlines. Hey, Will, you're on the Run of Fez show. Will, we got you, buddy? Will. Yeah, how about flogging Molly? Me from the headlines. 866, Ron Zero Fez. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um, here's one that just says clam cakes and chowder. It's good. It's delicious, actually. I guess. I don't know. I can't be 100% sure of that. <laughs> well, like some of this may, may have showed up in Cosmo, for all I know. Uh, but you obviously can go add in more of these. Hi, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Who's this? Hey, this is Chris. Hey, Chris, what do you got, buddy? Hey, this is a uh, Ted Nugent reference. Scratch that beaver. Me from the headlines. Hi, you're on the Fed show. Who's this? Mike. Mike, what do you got, buddy? I got a couple. How about the bearded clam dip for the roast beef club? Me from the headlines. Here's Jeff in Chicago. 
Hey guys, I got uh, the minivan. It's five in the front and two in the back. Me from the headlines. Wouldn't have been two in the front and five in the back. Maybe not the way. Minivan. Oh yeah. You know, mom and dad are up front. Gangs in the back. Uh, Dan, what do you got? Slamming clams. Me from the headlines. The meme, of course, is some of the lesbian positions not mentioned. Not mentioned in Cosmo. Uh, you can also write these up on the iBang under meme from the headlines. Meme from the headlines. You just want to say that and jump right back into it? Yeah. It's are you fun. texting during the show? I'm just telling them how to get those phones under control. Why won't you tell them on the air? Just get their names and locations first so Ron knows who he's going to. And uh, then you don't go need back anything else. Tom, go ahead, buddy. Tom, you're on the air. Oh, it's Sean. Good try, Shelby. Uh, cake hole to stink hole, Ron. Mike, Mike, go ahead, buddy. What do you got? That's a face in the hole and two dykes, no balls. Me from the headlines. Here's my buddy, Andy in Cleveland. You got one You got one woman servicing like four others. It's the too much tuna. <laughs> too much tuna. Me from the headlines. I didn't know this Cosmo thing was going to be so popular. Because people love lesbians. People do. And lesbian sex, especially. Um, let's see. I'm going to read some of these that are up on the iBang right now. Um, crotch Rocket, only for redheads. <laughs> the Pastrami Sandwich. The KFC. It's finger looking good. Me from the headlines. Filled Cheese of Pan. Eating cock for ketchup and the tuna piano. Meme from the headlines. The see you next Tuesday. The rusty cunts. Oh no. The carpet burn. Meme from the headlines. This just says more like cream from the bedlines. Pete Rose petals. Stuck in the diddle with you. <laughs> and the Shelby lip lock. Me from the headlines. The monster, birds of paradise, and leaning tower of Lisa. Me from the headlines. The racial facial, the Ray Rice, <laughs> the Pittsburgh Pooter. Me from the headlines. The left-handed safety scissor, not enough tongue in the lifeboat, and the foot fist way. Meme from the headlines. Tic Tac Tit. The flannel and Jurgens hair oil supplies. The rusty Trum no boner. And then the Saudi Arabia. Meme from the headlines. The happy softball team. Is there anything called the Stanley where you fuck over and then scare BL? Me from the headlines. These are lesbian positions not brought up in Cosmo. Burping the oyster. Pink meat balloon nuts. Tonguing the tackle box. Me from the headlines. 
kissing fish, finger popping, Friday night fish feast. Meme from the headlines. Sigur blast. Cheering. And the bowling bowl. Meme from the headlines. Here's Dave in Delaware. What do you got? I got two quick ones for you. It's the lickety split and going fishing. Graham in Calgary. Yeah, I like the band ones. How about Twisted Sister? Or one in the slit, two in the poo. Bobby in Kentucky. How about with a double dong, it don't take long. Justin in <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> Slapping mackerels. Meme from the headlines. Hey, Snowman, what do you got? Hey, rock, paper, and scissoring. Josh in Illinois. I got two, Alice in Chains and Chewbacca. Mike in West Jersey. Vegetarian delight. Meme from the headlines. John in Miami. Ain't misbehaving. Meme from the headlines. Let me read some more of these off the interrobang.com. These are, uh, you know, a meme from the headlines. This is lesbian positions that Cosmo did not bring up. The two-fisted hand puppets, wearer like a bracelet, and <laughs> carpet bombing the Gaza Strip. Meme from the headlines. Thank God for Cosmo putting this out. This insanity fucking storm. I just got a text from BL saying show sounds great. <laughs> okay. So you're finding out all this stuff, Chris. That Cosmo, although they did a good job, they didn't get everything. Here's Glenn in Canada. Yeah, the tavern. Liquor in the front, poker in the rear. Uh, Kevin in Texas. Uh, how about boots and puss? Jason in Alabama. <laughs> I love boots and puss. I was going to say the China Palooza. <laughs> Meme from the headlines. Kellen in Atlanta. Yeah, how about uh, the Cunning Linguist or uh, Shelby VD? Rocco in St. Louis. How about the Beard Plan Bake? And let's go over to uh, this next caller. Hi, you're on the Run and Fed show. What do you got? How about the two bearded clam kiss-offs? Meme from the headlines. Cosmo did a good job with this, Chris. Apparently, they didn't do a great job. They missed a few, you they know? They missed a few. I mean, look, Cosmos, they, they, it sounds like they're a little bit lazy, but they didn't get every fucking lesbian position. There you go. Uh, here's a couple more up on the interrobang.com. Ass to ass. The gash mash and girl interrupted from munching more carpet. Meme from the headlines. The Mound Mustache Ride. The, sta- the Sarah McLaughlin plays sad music when the dog eats you out. Oh my god. And kissing the Muppet Mouth. Meme from the headlines. Here's uh, 
a couple off of Twitter. Fisting in the nude black. <laughs> the classic Shelby sexual. And running with scissoring. Me from the headlines. Brent in Iowa. Rocket pig socket. Doug in Ohio. Fish flap fights. And Bobby in South Carolina. Uh, how about where's dildo? Me from the headlines. Dave in Columbus. Local girl found brown whiskey drunk. Orlando. How about Carpe Edom? Bruce in Strong Island. <laughs> the Uncle Sister. Me from the headlines. You know, Cosmo came up with all these positions, and they did a good job, apparently just not enough. Here's some more from the Interrobang. The Beaver Dam. Mother Utters. Punching in the Lips. Me from the headlines. Here's finger fishing, double Dutch oven, and cookie, cookie. Me from the headlines. Mound ground and pound, <laughs> dropping the cow, and shit fuck queef. Me from the headlines. said Cosmo did a bad job putting this together, Chris. Yeah. They just didn't do everything. Did not complete. Well, you know, there's only so much. They should be happy we're helping them out. Here's Wes in Los Angeles. Hillary Clinton for president. Uh, Lewis in Massachusetts. Yeah, the piss clim. Oh. And Vince in Delaware. Hey, when there's a really big chick handling her own business, you call it the lone dino whore. Me from the headlines. Jack in D.C. might be able to help us. Game day bucket, they'll boom. Me from the headlines. James in Kentucky. The mighty horse, fat ass rock. Me from the headlines. The Mossy Floss, Bitch Fest, and the Ron Bennington. They all come in on the Interabat. Me from the headlines. <laughs> the Mullet, Business in the Front, Party in the Back, the Curly Hairlip, the Little Dutch Boy, Just Stick Your Finger in the Dike. Me from the headlines. The Crimson Mask. Well, that's big for wrestling fans. Uh, raining blood. And cunts putting their cunts together. <laughs> Me from the headlines. <laughs> What's going to be the animation for that when Cosmo's to draw these things up? Well, Cosmo's Guide to Lesbian Sex Positions, it's, uh... You know, they did a job, but they did... Did they do a good enough job? Chuck, Chuck in Jersey. Hey, how about hand feeding the pants pony? Terry in Texas. Yeah, I got two, Ronnie. How about kissing the man in the boat and smells like fish, eat all you wish? 
Dave in San Francisco. Thank God Molly's not there. Me from the headlines. Thank God this is an XL channel. Oh, God, yeah. Imagine. Chris in Mississippi. The Muffalata. Dave in Tennessee. Hello? Go ahead, Dave. Hey, uh, Mr. Lister, the Sister Fister. And Jason in Detroit. I'm thinking Arby's. Me from the headlines. Chris, you would have thought by now we did enough of these. They're, look, lesbians have a lot of different positions, man. And they love naming them these fucking things. Well, first of all, God bless lesbians. Yeah, they're they the best. Are, uh, they're a, a very happy and proud and honored part of our community. Uh, and interesting to see after all this time, Cosmo's gotten around to naming their sex positions. Who knew they needed help with that? I didn't know. I, I had no idea. I, was like, I didn't know Cosmo had to fucking jump in. Uh, Chris Stanley, the straight man, is the most ridiculous thing that you'll ever hear. <laughs> Richie in Philly. Eat, drink, and beat Mary. Uh, Larry in Oregon. Irish Venus. John in the Bronx. Honey Nut Leather Cheerios. David Delaware. The new lesbian meal, combo meal, fish and lips. Joe in Texas. The dual Mac trucks or the Peterbilt. Kevin in Providence. The get your fucking shine box. Meme from the headlines. I'll just read a couple more of these. They're over on the Interra Bank, and feel free to keep putting these in. Maybe we'll have time to get to them again later. This is simple, but I think it works. Finding Nemo. Lick a lot of puss. <laughs> the no bone dinosaur. Um. Two soggy boxes. Oh, fuck. David Crosby's sperm bank love child. <laughs> the She-Woman Man-Haters Club. Human handcuffs. Chaz Bono. Where's the beef? Don't you need that dick? The numb jaw. Smells like teen spirit. Meme from the headlines. Meme from the headlines. Jeff in Boston, what do you got? It's the shitty quitty. Steve in Maryland. The WNBA, the Ellen Degenerate, and the Prickly Pantsuit. Dave in Ohio. Biscuit and red eye gravy. Tom in Jersey. Here's Rich and Yonkers. Eating a two and a half slice. Me from the headlines. Well, you can keep writing uh, these over on the Interrobang. Go to the Interrobang under memed from the headlines. Kevin K does these. Uh, he does a, a fine job every day. Uh, today's, of course, uh, through the roof. Has everybody happy. This is the best of Ron and Fez on Raw Dog. Comedy Hits, Channel 99.
bits that were marginally better than the rest. You're listening to the best of Ron and Fez on Raw Dog Comedy Hits Channel 99. Tune, Mike. You I love that song. It, remember it a little bit? Yeah, it's uh, credits of my movie Sleepwalk with me. <laughs> I love that band, Mates of State. Do you know them? Yeah, they're great. Well, they're, you know, they're you know they're playing. I'm going to see them at Irving Plaza this month. They're playing with the Rentals, who I love too. And I think Keith from We Are Scientists is maybe sitting in with them. Well, the uh, that thing sets such a great tone, too. Don't you think? That, oh yeah, yeah. For your for your movie. Um, you know, you're out on tour now, and uh, this is a good time to be you, right? Things are doing well <laughs> Maybe, for you. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice of you to say. Yeah, yeah. It, it does feel good. It feels like people are coming out to see me on purpose, which is right. nice. Which is the toughest thing in the world to do. Yeah. And then, you know, also tough to hold on to, you know, to keep people's interest up. Yeah. I was just thinking about that this week, because I started in D.C., and I had to work in the door at the Washington D.C. Improv. Uh-huh. I would like bring quesadillas to people's tables and that kind of thing, sell them tickets. And then uh, I'm going back there in November. I'm playing the Warner Theater, and it's so exciting because it's like people who literally would see me like put, you know, bring nachos to tables and then throw a sweater on my uniform right. and then go up on stage are going to come to that show. Yeah, it was always funny. I remember um, Brian Regan used to have to cook burgers in the place yeah. that he was in and would go from flipping burgers mm-hmm. to running up doing his time. Yeah. And some people would feel like they were, you know, they're being ripped off, but there they are seeing Brian Regan. I know. And they just didn't even know it, you know? I know. It would be like catching Dylan when he only had a couple of songs, you know? <laughs> Wouldn't that be the greatest story you've ever had yeah. in your life? Regan, man. That dude is as fun as it comes. He's just, you know, he's starting just in Florida, right? Yeah, he's starting in Florida. Yeah. A lot of, there's some Florida comics. There's got, yeah. You got Todd Berry from Florida. Sure. You got I, Regan from Florida. I think Daniel Tosh is from Florida or lived there. Yeah, a lot of people come through Yeah, like that. It's that strange place where people end up sometimes because they just like, well, here's a warm place to go while I try to figure out what I'm going to do in my life. I tweeted last night because I'm, I'm doing one of these uh, uh, radio takeovers where three hours of yeah. my favorite comedy tracks, and I noticed... That there's like four comedians who have tracks called Florida. Well, it's the weirdest place. You right? got Patton Oswald, yeah. Mark Marin, Eugene Merman, and Todd Berry. Yeah. It's such a weird place that yeah. four great comedians have tracks called Florida. Yeah, it's strange. I lived down there for a while and it it gets people from all over. 
including serial killers. You know what I mean? Like yes. serial killers will go, I got to get that. Well, I remember when I, even when I was a little kid, if you talked about running away, you were going to go to Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> so for some reason, we thought if we get to Fort Lauderdale, we'll get jobs at the beach right. and life will be great for us. Right. It's America's Mexico. Yeah, it is, right. <laughs> it's south of the border. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to a guy that you've been very kind to the other day, Chris Gethard. Oh, I love Chris, yeah. Uh, and he's at that point where there's this, you know, he's built up this weird scene of his own. Well, his fans are his lunatics. Own. Yeah. His, he has these cultish, crazy fans. Yeah. And when he comes on, he's on tour with me, actually, for some of my dates. And when he comes on tour, he'll go, t- I'm not kidding, he'll go like to lunch with his fans. Right. Like he'll walk around town in like Kalamazoo, like with people, strangers. Yeah. He, he engages fans on a really weird level. Well, the, the reason that I think he does that is he worries they're going to kill themselves. His, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> his fans yeah. are so edgy. They are. And uncomfortable. And then he's put out this vibe, like he's explained his own... His own suicidal know. thoughts and right. things, yeah. Like, I'm sure that you do well with people who don't sleep well. You know what the I mean? The amount like, of people with sleep disorders <laughs> who come to my shows is uh, cumbersome. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't worry, oh my God, they're going to hang themselves after. After the show. Yeah. Oh my god, he they're gonna does. have a terrible night's sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, your stuff too, I think it's, uh, and I was talking to someone about you where I said it's very, people normally decide to tell jokes or tell stories, but you, I think, do both. The Thanks. In, inside. Well, you know, I think that comes from. It's a, you're you know we're all a collection of our influences and it's like first guy I saw live was Stephen Stephen Wright mm-hmm. in Cape Cod. My brother took me when I was sixteen and I was like oh I want to be that right because that you know that you, that that kind of like one liner kind of brilliant like oh, I went to a <laughs> I was about to do impersonation I realized I don't do impersonations <laughs> I went to a drive through I went to a drive through movie in a cab. <laughs> movie cost me ninety five dollars. Uh, I don't do impersonation, but uh, but anyway, I was I was into that, and then I was into like Mitch Hedberg, who's like one of the great right. great one liner comics, so I think of all time. And uh, and then I sort of got into telling stories in my in my twenties when things started happening to me, like when I jumped out a window sleepwalking. I was right. like, I should talk about this. This is interesting. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of evolved, and I wanted. I had seen a lot of storytelling. I'd seen a lot of like off Broadway shows. And things where people are telling stories and they weren't, <laughs> they weren't funny, uh, but people were laughing. Like I find people on Broadway and off Broadway, they're too generous with their they're laughs. They're very, very kind. They're <laughs> extremely kind. You go to things that are not funny and yeah. people are killing. What was the big Jay Orkerson play? Ah, the musical. Yeah, and they they tried this off play thing as a musical about comedy. So I showed up to see, you know, because a couple of comics were doing it. So I showed up to support them. But that audience is a kind of a Broadway background, yeah. and they are so good to yeah. performers. Yeah, you know, that, it's nuts. Yeah, and so I was like, I, I was like, I want to do that, but I wanted to be funny. Right. I'm not going to compromise the comedy side of it. And so yeah. I wanted to, to to have as many jokes. Well, with storytelling yeah, and being honest like that, is there anything that you would save? Is there anything that was like... For did, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I... Yeah. And even, like, my my recent special, My Girlfriend's Boyfriend, mm-hmm. which is is if people want to see it or, or hear it, it's on Netflix. It, you know, tracks play on here a lot. And uh, 
so much of it's about my relationship with my wife and it's so personal that right. I had to sp it was very touch and go. We had to spend a lot of time together talking about like what what happened there? Like I would say my side of the story yeah. and she'd say her side of the story. And cuz a lot about conflict and about how early in our relationship we would get in these arguments. And uh and so a lot of my wife's writing is in that show because like there's just certain things like you know, in relationships, your side of the story is it's sometimes a little too slanted. Most of the time, with our memory, we couldn't be more wrong. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Particularly childhood memories, because I've gone back yeah. and checked on a couple things, and everyone else in my family went, what? No, yeah. it was a great trip. What are you bitching about? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know? But it doesn't mean that it's not real to us, and that's the difficult thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I always try to remember in my life, well, your kids never don't have a radio show, your chick doesn't have a radio show, your yeah. parents don't. So be somewhat, you know, mindful of that. Yeah. But I know plenty of people who just treat it like it's a reality TV show. Sure. You know? And some of those folks don't talk to their parents anymore. And I, I could understand why. I think it would drive me fucking nuts. Yeah, I was nervous about the recent show because the show I'm touring with right now has some cursing in it, which mm -hmm. in my, my four, the four albums I have out don't have the explicit lyrics label on it. Right. And it's not because I don't curse in life, it's because I don't want. I want people. I want as many people as possible to listen to the albums. And mm -hmm. so, if I can go into the writing and go, well, I can sub this word for this word and this word for this word, and it doesn't affect the content, then that's what I'll do. But in this show, I curse. There's one bit where I curse gratuitously because I'm recounting a story where the there are people in the story gratu gratuitously cursing and. Uh, and so my and I did them for my parents. My parents are very conservative. My mom. That's why. And part of the reason I don't curse. My mom. When I was when I moved to New York 15 years ago, my mom was like, "Just don't become one of those dirty comedians." <laughs> yeah. And I said, "Okay." And she goes, "You don't have to use those words to be funny." For example. Oprah's very funny, and I, and I, I don't know if that's a great example. The greatest example, like maybe to, to yeah. Gail, uh, she's funny, or even Stedman when they let him in on it. But I don't know if that's my goal is to be right. the queen of daytime. But, but, uh, but yeah, and that's so. So in this show, I curse quite a bit, not just in one bit actually, in the closer. And my parents saw it on Cape Cod. I was at the Melody Town a few weeks ago, and my mom actually loved the show. So I feel like, I feel like, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm I'm in the clear. Well, what is your parents' conservatism based on? Is it it's Catholicism. It's Catholicism, yeah. right? It's, it's politics, I think, yeah. too. And it's age. I mean, I think cursing sometimes comes down to this thing of, you know, old people. Sometimes it just hurts old people's ears. It's a diff. Yeah, it's a different thing. I remember when I was a kid, my dad said to me. Jack Nicholson is the dirtiest person on the planet, you know, because he saw a yeah. movie with my mom. Yeah. He found it to be just horrifying, to, this language. You know, like, he's ready because old school. Yeah. Father Moore is, like, cursing in front of my wife, so I'll knock you out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, and I had that the other day where I had my first kind of, like, old person moment. Yeah. The other night backstage at a comedy show, a young comic was telling me about... Uh, 
What was it called? World Star Hip Hop? Yeah, World, World Star. Where people just start videoing people fighting. And yeah. then he goes, he goes, he goes, and then some people, uh, some people kill each other in the videos. He <laughs> yeah. goes, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. I'm like, no, that's all bad. Yeah, right. There's nothing good about what you're talking about. Yeah. But then I felt like an old person. I'm like, I guess right. this is what my parents think when they see Tarantino films, which yeah. I love. No, I'm, I'm the same way. And yet, for me, you know when cursing bothers me is on an elevator. Mm. I don't know why. Maybe it's because it's a limited amount of space, in. but I want to. I, I look over at people like you don't know who I am. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you're just acting like I'm comfortable here. Yeah, we should all stand <laughs> quietly until we're out of this box. I think that should be the yeah. etiquette. Yes. What kills me? People on the phone on, in elevators kills me. It's insane. I think if you have a phone in an elevator, you have to say, I'm going into the elevator. Let the other person talk. I don't mind if you have a thing up to your ear. But half conversations can drive you nuts. And there's a psychological reason because your your mind is now forced to try to figure out what that is about. What is going on over there? (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I'd love just, to see an argument like a person yelling into a phone on the street, though. Yeah, yeah. I'll watch that like it's a TV show. Yeah, that's fun. Well, now they have like the headphones that you can have in your ear while you're talking, so then you don't even know if they're like on the phone. Right, like the Beats. Yeah, yeah I have those like those Beats headphones, and those yeah. you can talk into too. Well, I used to always play this game in, in New York of crazy or Bluetooth. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Is a person insane? But when you really think about it, a Bluetooth is a voice in your head that you're oh, answering. Yeah. It, it kind of is. crazy crazy yeah it's kind of crazy and my dad when he talks on the phone yeah my dad is older he's 75 so his hearing isn't good and so he'll talk on the phone he'll scream into the phone yeah (laughs) like it's a walkie-talkie right he'll be like i'll be there in five minutes (laughs) yeah i'm like dad there's people around what are you doing you're not in a phone booth you're not in your living room what is this i had a funny thing where i was driving with my mom because my because because I find sometimes your parents or older generations, they're like cocky with technology, but they're not good at it. Right. I was driving with my mom, and she said to the woman on the phone, she goes, we can't come to your dinner party tonight because Michael's home, and we promised we'd take him out for pizza. And then she pressed the end button, and she looks at me, and she goes, I just made that up. And then I pressed the actual end button on the phone, because my mom doesn't know how to use her phone. <laughs> It is, you know, we're all going to be at the point, you know, soon where we're going to figure out how we're supposed to interact with holograms. You know what I mean? I like, agree. You can't, you will not be able to keep up with technology during your lifetime. It's no. too much. Absolutely. Everything's yeah. going to get smaller and smaller. And uh, there's going to be every, we're going to be wearing technology. There's going to be a yeah. lot of that. So where does the sto- yeah where do the storytellers live in that world? Do you think you know what I mean? Like in terms of tracking the evolution of technology, yes, because really storytelling is is to me, you know, campfire stuff. That's yeah. where it comes from. Well, I have to say one of the things that's really frustrating in modern technology with modern technology is people kind of living on their phones. You'll right. be, you know, even like I've been on movie sets and things lately where in between takes. Instead of talking to each other, the actors will like look at their phones and be scrolling yeah. through things. And I'm like, 
No, like you gotta like be here. Like, yeah. isn't the whole thing that we're excited to be here that we worked our whole lives to make a movie and and now we're like we're texting with someone who's somewhere else? Yeah, you will see people texting or being on the phones on the red carpet, and you were thinking your whole life, what would be more yeah. exciting than being on the red carpet? And you'll see people that are on MTV and they're just like still talking. Yeah, why they're on? You're like that conversation to you was better than being interviewed as you're walking into the Grammys. It's I know. insane. I thought Seth Meyers was so funny on the Emmys. Did you see that? Well, you know, it's very funny that you see... Yeah, well, I, I had this debate with guys around here, too. I said he did the traditional job where now people that almost looks weird to do the real traditional oh interesting yeah mc regular job. monologue yeah. and yeah and i'm like well, no this is the this is the place that bob newhart would have been johnny carson yeah, yeah. would have been and for some reason now that looks weird because it's too traditional yeah that's interesting but he had that one joke that one joke that i thought was so funny is like uh he was like, this is the final season. Uh, this fall will be the final <laughs> season for uh, Sons of Anarchy and Glee and all of the new television shows. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. That was great because it's like if you got a TV show now, you wouldn't be that excited. I know. Because you know? you're like, I don't know. We shot 12 episodes. I hope it's okay. It's insanity. You know? Yeah, I, I shot a pilot for... CBS in 2008 and it was so harrowing of an experience. It didn't get go to air. It just yeah. it didn't get picked up. It was a cool. It was a, it was a good try. Like it was like Bob Odenkirk played my brother. Unbelievable. And, yeah, and it was a really great cast. Rob Corddry did a cameo in it. Nick Kroll did a cameo in it. It was really a fun pilot, but it was ultimately watered down version of me, and, uh -huh. and, and it didn't go. And then they said, "Do you want to redevelop it for mid season potentially?" And I was like, "No, I just." It it's it didn't it didn't seem like sort of where I want to be and that's when I actually went off Broadway with Sleepwalk with me my first one person show yeah because I was like I want I I do this thing that I can have control over and which stand up and one person shows and so I'd I'd rather do that and you know do you consider a stand up show different from the one person show is it a big difference for you I, it's it's all I do I I think what is a sort of a hybrid yeah it has theatrical elements to it it has storytelling elements it has stand up elements and and uh, you know at this point people either like like it or they don't yeah and they show up or they don't like which is which is fine well i remember when the one person show you'd have to be like eric bergosian yeah where you would just turn into different people sure. and different characters yeah i don't do that but you don't you're <laughs> up there telling a story that has a beginning middle sure. and end yeah you know yeah i saw when i was writing sleepwalk with me um I originally, when I started in like 2003, 2004, I just saw a lot of one-person shows. I saw Bridge and Tunnel, and I saw I Am My Own Wife, uh, and I saw this show called The Tricky Part that was directed by this guy, Seth Barish. And it was, and the tricky part was just very, it's a very simply told story. No characters, no anything. Simply staged, and, and it was just had a compelling narrative start to finish. And uh, and I just got in touch with Seth Bearish. I just cold called him, the right. director. And then he and I have been working together ever since. We've worked on like all my projects since then. Well, you know, that's the thing about most stand-ups think in chunks. Two minutes here, three minutes there. Sure. With the fake segue to get you from one to the other. Yeah. But when you have to write in a theme... 
You yeah. know what I mean? Now it's Pink Floyd, The Wall. You know what I mean? Yeah, now yeah. you're saying that's a good way to look at it. You yeah. know, you've got these these things have to stay together and link together. You, you know? know who taught me that? Sadly, he passed away this year. It was John Panette. Right. John was so funny. And I was opening for him once at the DC Improv, and he watched my set, and he was like, it's funny, but you got to put it together. Right. You know, and he was a real master of that. He what? would have these long, stretching bits, and, and, and they didn't feel like they were segues. Yeah. Panette was also so strange because people like liked him. Oh, yeah. For anything else. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, if he would just sit up there... He could do anything. They would be like, I like this guy, and I hope he's all right. There's some people that people are like, I hope he's okay. Hope, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I know. hope this guy's going to be all right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, now I know. We've lost a lot of comedians, great comedians, in the last few years. What do you think it's from? Because I think uh, the road is the road beats you up. Yeah, sure. We lost. I mean, one of my favorite comedians of all time is Greg Giraldo. Yeah, you know, is unbelievable comic. Oh, had all, had so much to say. Mm-hmm. You know, like so pointed. You're, you look back and pe- people should listen to like Midlife Vices uh-huh. or any of Greg Giraldo's albums. He's a guy who had a lot of political beliefs buried in very smart jokes. And uh, and a lot of times, it's kind of one or the other. You mm-hmm. go to see a political comic, and you're like, enough, we want some jokes. Right. Uh, or you see someone who's got a ton of jokes, and you go, well, what do you have to say? And Geraldo just really split the difference, like in the perfect way. Yeah, I always, and I always admire the... Uh, comedy that comes to you sideways like that. I remember one time Bobcat was doing this stuff about uh, gay bashing. Yeah. And he was doing the gay basher and he was doing this thing where I just want to fuck you so hard. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was like, it was for the first time ever, like just from a joke, I go, yeah, why do they take the gay thing, you know, that yeah. much to heart? Yeah. What, what is in their own struggle? But to get that from a joke yeah. rather than a lecture is amazing. Well, Stan Hope has that great one on his yeah. recent special. beer. I think it's from Beer Hall Push where he's doing he's he's doing like a impersonation of someone aggressively loving sports and then he turns it into this homoerotic <laughs> yeah. like rant and it's amazing. Yeah. Stan Hope's one of those ones too like Geraldo's just like rides that line. Yeah. At any it can tip into absurdity and it can tip into true true real statements at right. any point. Uh you're doing the tour York PA yeah. Dayton, Ohio. Pe- Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. People should come to York, PA. That's Everywhere one... else is doing well. Uh, York, PA, I'm not sure it's a town. I'm going to I... be perfectly honest with you. It, it may just be an Applebee's with ambition. I know it more as a sign than a town. Like, I've been on the turnpike and seen the York. I don't remember even thinking, that's a weird name, was it? Like York? Like yeah. New York? What do they well, do? Well, it that? is the Peppermint Patty derivation uh-huh your peppermint patties i believe were from there and uh yeah it's got some claims to fame but uh yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be an intimate show it's gonna be i'm gonna do sort of private comedy lap dances for everyone <laughs> Just in the audience. everybody wanted a time <laughs> get to meet me if anyone wants an autograph come to the york pa show because i'll be signing them for everybody <laughs> the other ones are, are going to be full brooklyn's full and that's yeah. sold out and and uh, the I'm playing the Chicago Theater, which is crazy, and that's going to be sold out. I think beautiful, yeah, beautiful it's theater. Exciting. But you do play 
Uh, and this is odd for somebody who works the way you do. You do well in what's known as flyover country. You do well in the middle of the country. You, you know, know why? It's yeah. just because I, 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 because I moved to New York in like 2001. Yeah. And I, I tried to work at the comedy clubs, you know, because there's like 40 of them and none of them wanted me because I wasn't good at it. Uh-huh. I just wasn't experienced, you know. And so I just drove my mom's station wagon around the country to areas of lesser comedy concentration. Like those were the places that would book me. And so now as a result, you know, I play Cleveland because I've been playing Cleveland for 15 years. I play Erie, Pennsylvania because I've been playing there for 15 years. And, the, and yeah, so now that, I mean, this tour I'm on, it's insane. It's a hundred cities. A hundred like cities. I'm basically going everywhere. I'm going places that you just wouldn't think are cities. But the but the thing is, most people either do the road dog life, yeah, or they do the off Broadway. Yeah, I'm doing a one man play. No one does both of those because there's so many guys that do the road they'll be like you know i'm not sitting around waiting for 10 minutes at yeah. the improv for <laughs> yeah. five bucks now like, <laughs> fuck them i'm making 2200 bucks this week you know and they make a life out of that yeah, yeah. I, i'm trying to wonder this would be great to put together who is the biggest road dog in history who's done the most and stayed out there the longest you know i'm trying to think of that guy's name there's the one guy who they always always reference john fox john fox he's always referenced as like the ultimate road dog has been out there a long time yeah, yeah. killed hysterical guy yeah. been there forever even like jake johansson's one who's been yeah. on the road forever and is just amazing jake johansson's one of the, he's one of the first guys i opened for at the dc improv he gave me a lot of great advice too so you were really really open to hearing from people i wanted uh, to hear from when i started out i was a sponge i was like I asked, I, I, I opened for, at the DC Improv, when I worked the door, I opened for, like, Margaret Cho, George Lopez, uh, Larry the Cable Guy came through there, like, you know, Jake Johansson, Brian Regan, Mitch Hedberg, Dave Attell, yeah. and I would just annoy the fuck out of these people. How do just you feel ask now, them for advice. When people are doing this, so what is it, timing to you? What is it, timing? Is that what you need? You know when the young guys yeah, come yeah, over, yeah. they're just thinking that maybe you could give them one phrase? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's always like, how do you get an agent? <laughs> right. And it's, and I, yeah, it's like, well, you, you get better first. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Eugene Merman always has the best piece of advice for young comics. He goes, well, start doing it, <laughs> and then keep doing it, and then call me in ten years. Right, and it is oddly true. Yeah, Somebody is. told me even years ago, just say quit. Just tell them I saw you. <laughs> just quit. And yeah, quit. Yeah. <laughs> because then, if they don't. They were, you know, they show that that's what they were supposed to do anyway. Why yeah. would you listen to any advice? You right. Know? You need, like, hostility right. of some kind <laughs> for, for it to work. Yeah. But if somebody said to you, work the road while you're putting together your off-Broadway play. Yeah. Just, you know, do NPR and get good at storytelling. Find the right... You would have said this is way too much. It's too much work. Yeah, it's too much for one person to do. I always say that it's still... it's. To be a comedian, you have to be delusional. You, or early on, you have to just convince yourself it's going well when it's not going well. Because right. otherwise, you just wouldn't get on you stage will, again. Yeah, you'll never hear from a comedian that at some point you should that a sane person would have just quit. I don't care who it is. Yeah, that a sane person should have said, "I'm not going to be treated this way. I'm yeah. done." Well, it was always like when I started out, like when I was 19, I got on stage and I was thinking like. Well, I'm going to be great at this. And mm -hmm. then I went out and sort of bombed, and I'm like, well, 
maybe in a few weeks I'll be good. Yeah, I'll be <laughs> okay. Like, I'll be a working guy. And then I, and I still wasn't good. And I was like, <laughs> six months, and I'm going to nail it. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, and cut to like seven years later, and you're like, yeah, you're all right. You're okay, and you've put in too much time to stop. Exactly. Really. You, you put in too much time. Yeah. Mike, good to see you, buddy. You too. Um, Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah. And we'll, uh, we'll do something else uh, in the future. Hey, uh, York, PA, Dayton, Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio, Ann Arbor, Kalamazoo, Champaign, Indianapolis, St. Louis, Chicago, and then Toronto. Everywhere. Thank you so much, Thank man. you. And we'll be listening for your takeover on Raw Dog. Thanks, right? Ron. See Appreciate it. For more of the best of Ron and Fez on Raw Dog. Raw Dog Comedy Channel 99. This is the best of Ron and Fez. Ron and Fez on Raw Dog. Raw Dog Comedy Hits Channel 99. Chris, uh, remember how ecstatic Fez was telling us he was about going to a gay dinner? Oh, yeah, I remember that. During the commercial, he just took a, a different angle with it. I had a bad moment at the gay dinner party that I went to. Whereas me, it was five other gay guys, and the liberal chicks? Uh, no. Sad. No, just gay guys. And the Liberace movie uh, came up in conversation. Mm -hmm. And someone said, Fez, what did you think of the Liberace movie? And I said what I said on the air, how I hated it. How I thought what they did to that man was despicable. The way they portrayed him was awful. They acted like he was an awful person who deserved to get AIDS and die a horrible death. And I kind of looked around the table. <laughs> And the other gay people were just glaring at me. There wasn't, and there wasn't even any sort of verbal reaction. It was just like, like us. They treat you like we treat you. Yeah. Like what are you talking about? Like are you insane? Like how did this person get into our dinner party? We all love the Liberace movie. They got very uh, nice reviews from the gay people. So, and gay publications, I mean. So I really, really clammed up after that. I got very, very nervous and didn't know how to get out of the Liberace conversation. Mm -hmm. And then he, I think even one person said, after the conversation had turned and people were talking about different things, uh -huh. like the bike sharing program or whatever, uh, someone said, let's go back to that Liberace thing you were saying. And I was just like, all right, I will never get invited to another gay dinner party again in my life. Why? Well, because I thought I somehow maybe offended people. So what? By saying that. But why would you care if it was just your opinion? Well, I'd like to go to more gay dinner parties. Yeah, but you wouldn't want to go to a party where you couldn't speak your mind, your opinion. You're not a sheep. No, but it's, you know, I just uh, have such little confidence in that area that it's like, wait a minute, how did, how does everybody on the planet Earth love that movie except me? I didn't think it was good. I thought it was stupid. Uh... Why do you think he deserved? It showed that he deserved to get AIDS. 
they showed him as like a person incapable of love, and I thought that he really did love Scott in that movie. That it was more of a love story gone wrong than just I'm I'm this twink who's using this old man, and I'm this old man who's just using this twink. But dude, one guy is like what seventy three, right? And the other one was seventeen. If that was, uh, what was the um, the thing that actually was a straight movie like that back in like the seventies, where you were supposed to laugh at them? Somebody and somebody. Oh, it's driving me fucking nuts now. Howard but, and Maud. Thank you. This is a Howard and Maud, really. Now, who invited you to the thing? My friend Michael. All right, Michael told me that he was doing, so he called it a gay version of Dinner for Smucks. And maybe instead of feeling upset, you should be glad that you won Michael the prize. I guess after I left, if Michael was awarded a trophy or whatever. Here's what I don't understand. He's gay, right? Yes. You want to be with a gay. Right. Then, to me, this would be like a chick saying to me, oh, I want you to take you to a party where you can meet other chicks. I'd be like, huh? You're a chick already. See what I'm saying, Chris? Oh, yeah. This. Michael is seeing somebody. He's in a relationship. So what? Things happen. You, You are like the Molly of the gay world. You're just everyone's brother. Yeah, you're in friend zone. Oh man. That's... Yeah, I'm definitely in friend zone. But I think I thought even in that world, a friend zone is at least you could blow someone. <laughs> I think you could tactically. <laughs> like I know we're friends, but suck dick. <laughs> but we don't have to be in the zone. No, the whole time. Come on, you like getting some brain, right? I didn't even think of that, right, dude? <laughs> Well, they just disagreed with you, but why would that mean that they hate you forever? I'm friends. I didn't know what was going to happen. I'm friends with a lot of people that we disagree, and one of the reasons why we are friends is because we do disagree. Like a lot of people think that it's fun to have those kind of conversations go back and forth, particularly when about art. I know it can get a little more vicious about politics, but if you're talking about sport or art, you know, not everybody goes the same direction. But were they mean? All right. So after you after you said what you thought of it, were they weird to you after that for the rest of the night? <laughs> I'm sure he sounded like an idiot when he said it too, though. I'm sure he just didn't say, "Hey, I like." I'm sure he went off on one of his from zero to a snap, and everyone was looking over. Well, yeah, fucking I think, probably food all stuck in his mustache oh and shit. God. I was trying really hard to avoid that with very small bites, so that there wasn't any sort of food caught in this uh, lip of mine. But I did keep going because, like, the one reaction that I did get, I mean, I was sitting at one end of the table, so I looked down the table, and everyone was staring at me, and one guy just went like this. Wow. (laughs) 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 Oh, shit. That's great. All right, this guy sent to me, Fez wants to believe that Liberace... Love that twink because it wants because Fez wants to validate his own love for children. Maybe, maybe that's where Fez is right now. 
Or as they say in the gay community, wow. Wow. Why do you want to hang out with people that you really don't even like? No, I did like everybody. I was ha- I once I got away from that and a couple of more courses were served. Can can I just bring up something right now? Mhm. Do you realize that just when we're having like this conversation you were yelling? No, I don't realize that. Yeah, I bet you were yelling at that dinner. Oh man. Oh, I hope not. You go from total silence to it was great. We were having courses. It just it would probably feel weird. Yeah, were you quiet for a long time before that? No, that was basically the start of the dinner. So I kind of talked to Michael in the living room and stuff, met people, and then once we sat down to eat, that was like the first topic of conversation that came up. Mm. Dinner for smucks. Michael's the big winner. Dinner for sucks. <laughs> All right, come on, dude. Matt, you're on the run of fellowship. What's up, buddy? Hey. Uh... Fezzy, hey man, I love you, buddy. I just I wanted to call in, and don't you think that some? I've heard you talk about the Liberace movie a couple times. And don't you think that you kind of oversimplify it by saying, "Oh, they just portrayed Liberace to be this sort of predatorial guy who deserves to die of AIDS." I mean, all those things—that feeling entitled and you know, using people and taking advantage of your wealth and your status and your fame. That happens in straight relationships, and it also happens in gay relationships. And I think that, you know, Liberace was, he he was a loving guy. He was a guy that had a lot of heart and soul, but he was also, you know, an egomaniac. And he was also... Wow. Wow. (laughs) Right? See, I think HBO was the one that was simplifying that. I don't think there was any character work to it whatsoever. Well, you're going to be surprised when they win Emmys across the board and Golden Globes. Yep, that will fill the next award season. Look, the fucking guy from CNN is wearing a gas mask. Or MSNBC. This whole world's coming apart. Every country is upset. The haves, the have-nots. The makers, the takers. The boiler makers. Mm. But we're sitting around talking about a three-week-old Liberace film. We see ourselves lucky. You always have trouble fitting in with the gays, huh? Yep. Always do. I thought everyone was very nice after that. They all seemed like they, when I left, they all seemed like they were glad to meet me. But you never know. (laughs) Why didn't you wait outside the door if you heard a big laugh after you left? Did you leave first? No, I left third. Mm. Right in the middle. Well, I'm going to be getting going. (laughs) I've got to go try to pick up a twink. Are you successful? Well, I just think you have your own opinion. It doesn't mean that everybody... Just because people don't agree with your opinion doesn't mean that they don't like you. No, it was just a weird reaction because nobody even said, I disagree. I just it's, got the dead silence until the... If I had wow. to guess, it's probably the way you said it more than what you had to say. 
You know what I mean? That you just, um, particularly maybe they didn't think about it. A lot of, they, maybe they were just laughing at the old queen the whole time that they were watching it. Because a lot of people watched that and were just laughing how shitty his fucking tastes were. Was. You know, all the weird fucking yeah. marble and everything. I'm sure I took it much more seriously than anyone at the dinner uh, party did. Why don't you try to feel that out then? All right, like, uh, let's let's try to play it out the way it actually happened. It'll be 100%. Go meta. You know how to do that. Go right back to the place. And Hicks and I will be the other gay guys. And I'll be like, uh, Chris, did you uh, see that Liberace movie? It was really funny. Oh, uh, yeah. I couldn't get enough of it. I thought it was great. I thought Michael Douglas really nailed the part. I really didn't care for it. I thought they did a really bad job. I didn't think they got into the character of Liberace. I think they just really wanted to make fun of him. Wow. wow. You really said it like that? Yeah, I think because so. Because yeah. it felt like an attack on me. Did it? Yeah. I don't oh, feel shit. safe. I don't feel safe here. I've got to leave this party. Why are you doing that? Yeah. Voice? Why? <laughs> I thought we were still inside the, the dinner yeah, party. Yeah, I was inside the dinner party. Playing it like this, like a yeah. gay man. Oh, yeah. You heard Ron's voice. There wasn't anything. Well, this is the kind of gay man I am. Well, most of the work that I did on my character was internal. Mm-hmm. I went back to what it was like not to belong in a small southern town, but now finding myself in New York. It's a big city. Hey. What were you doing? Just, hi, everybody. I'm Lispy. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Real quick, what do you got? Chad, what do you got? Oh, hey, uh, hey, Fez, I just wanted to ask you a quick question, buddy. Uh, in regards to, like, uh, stand-up and on, uh, or at, uh, like, comedy places, do you think you could still do that? I mean, do you think you still have it in you to get up there and, and uh, be funny again up there on stage? Uh, that... Or- the stage always uh, terrified me, even before I was like certifiable and locked in the nut hut. Why don't you anxious. go back on stage as the man who shits his pants? Jesus. That would be a really quick show. All right. That's it for us. We end as we always end gay dinner party manners in this case it's not polite to scream at your friends your new friends you all have taste for shit I feel bad for Michael Douglas who I know worked very hard and I felt was incredibly brave to take that part as a gay man yeah I mean he was just getting banged from behind doing poppers when he grabbed that popper, I really did laugh. Hell yeah. That, and when, when Matt Damon, we were in the sex club, and Matt Damon just started vomiting. I found that funny, too. Were you offended by Matt Damon's portrayal of a sensitive gay boy? Yeah, I just thought, I thought everyone would just, well, no one brings this up. He was 20 years too old for the role. <laughs> they don't want to put a fucking 17-year-old boy in that, because it would be like, you know how we were just like, couldn't believe that Molly, four years ago, was going to summer camp. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it would look like. All right. We out. See you guys back in here tomorrow. 
Fez. This is the best of Ron and Fez. Ron and Fez. On Raw Dog. Raw Dog. Raw Dog. Comedy. Hits. Channel 99. And now, back, back to the best of Ron and Fez. Ron and Fez. Raw Dog. Comedy Hits. Channel 99. It's the Ron and Fez show. Ari Shafir sitting in with us. Uh, always giving. Today, uh, opening, saying his virgin asshole is available to Fez if Fez wants to use it. Mm-hmm. Which is incredibly sweet. Really, really nice. Fez, you're still turning it down? Um, You know what? I will have sex with Ari Shafir. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will take Ari up on his offer. <laughs> and Ari, you will yeah. be my first. And if you kill me, like in my fears, it will be uh, world famous comedian Ari Shafir murders. Murders. <laughs> no one talks about man. Yeah. Gay man, that's it. That's, your, you, that's you, the story. You, gay man, that's, that's the only note you get. That's all he gets. I want to focus on you being a killer. Now, you got yourself together during this commercial because you were very nervous when I went to break. Oh, I'm still in a panic. I don't know what, if I, he's I thought, a kind lover or I, not. I thought you came back. Well, he's not going to do anything but lay there. Yeah, it's, I'm going to be... Yeah. I'm not going to fuck back. Yeah. <laughs> and take your limp dick against his ass. So it may be over quick. It may take us some time. I have no idea what's going to happen. Hey, maybe we'll have to regroup in the middle and say, let's just watch a movie or something. Let's let's stop, put, take our minds it's off it. It's going to be so difficult for you guys to agree on a movie. <sighs> maybe I'll catch up to where you are on The Leftovers. And then we can, we can watch that. <laughs> the Leftovers That's is That's not a, really erotic. No, the Leftovers has yeah, taken a very large part of this. It's very, very interesting. Uh, Aria, you're going to be playing The Bell House this Thursday, and you will see the set that Ari is going to be doing as his next stand-up special. Yeah. You Come happy out. with this material? I am happy with it. I was ready yeah. to do it fucking four months ago. Is but that they right? kept saying, wait for Comedy Central. Comedy Central is going to say yes. Just wait for them. And did they? They did. Great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe we can... Sorry, I don't mean to take the attention off my Bellhouse show on Thursday, but... No, um, I want you to do both. Maybe we can do it like a, a leftovers sort of like role-playing, where I'm like, oh, no, everyone's gone. They're all <laughs> up in gay. heaven. Fuck it. Fuck this asshole. So, no, it's too harsh. Yeah, it sounds like a little rough for our first time. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, what would be perfect for you, Fez? What's the Fez fantasy? Well, I think it would be kind of a lights-out deal. Oh, Absolutely, 100% agree with that. Would, I would like to keep my shirt on. Yeah. What would what would be more of a turnoff for you if Ari was laughing or crying? What would be? If I'm biting on a stick, <laughs> laughing. I think <laughs> laughing would be, would be the turnoff. Would be more of a turnoff. He's going to have to laugh a little bit just from this situation. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'll get over it now, and then maybe I won't have to laugh when it comes time. But if I do laugh, it won't be because of you. Yeah. <laughs> because well, of the situation that I'm in. Who else is it going to be about? Of me. Of him thinking of stuff. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and I will you know, talk about it on the radio later. And Yeah. Yeah, you are going to have an amazing story. Yeah. Of giving. I would think we both will. 
Maybe we could do it in a um, in a in a deprivation tank. That'd be so that cool. while it's completely dark, I could sort of hallucinate away. That something else was happening. Yeah. Too. See, I'd be afraid of drowning in one of those. You're making it more difficult. Okay, you're you right. You can't drown right. if you want to. It's tiny. It's like two inches of water. Oh, is that all that's in there? Yeah. yeah. How much did you think was in there? I thought there was enough like to submerge if you wanted to. No, you don't submerge. You float. It's like half the the bo- half your like prone it, body down. Yeah. If you if you don't float, you die. No yeah. one wants to trip underwater. Yeah. You're not like a shark where you're going to get so lost in it that you'll... Now, Fez, look at him. All right. And now look at the shadow over top of his head. Looks like a cock and balls. It's like this it is... It does look perfect. like that. How, yeah. What's yeah. making that? No, that's just how sexual it is. Wow. That's how sexual it's all going down. Well, it would have the lights out quality that I'm looking for. Yeah. Why do you want to be lights out? Because I'm worried about being seen nude. Yeah, I'm with you on the lights out. You uh, worry about being seen nude? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, what part? I, I'm a pretty furry guy, so... Dude, you're on the internet fucking dancing around with your clothes off. Come on. Yeah. Well, your dick, so... That's me. That's not me with somebody that I care about. He doesn't... That's hmm. nice, man. Thank you. No so, problem. I think I you're jumping that. here. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's already built us up into a relationship. <laughs> He's not saying have sex because, you know, you're in love. Have sex because it's there. It's available. But I can't, I mean, there's caring there, though. Not love caring, but, There's caring in every pity fuck. Don't get (laughs) wrong about that. Yeah, to take pity on someone. Oh, that's you? Yeah. Wow, you're young. (laughs) You're talking? (laughs) Let's see how hairy this is. You ain't that hairy. That was only a couple years ago. Got a long, happy trail. But you've never used it. It's a happy trail of tears. (laughs) It's a trail that's never been lost. (laughs) The Indians don't talk about it after all these years. This is one fucking freaky night. Nice decision to shoot this black and white. Yeah. Really? That was you, right, Chris? You shot this? I, sh- I was the beautiful. I, smart, I shot that, yeah. Missed the mustache. Uh, Ryan, go ahead. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey. I, uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, Ari, but uh, I, I remember your, you one time, I think, were in a room with Joe Rogan, came out of the bathroom, and mooned him. So uh, uh, it, I think I've seen your asshole, and Fez, you have no idea how unique this thing is. Um, it looks like he's got a pair of lips around his butthole. Am I wrong? You're not completely wrong. It, it, <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was a hemorrhoid. It was an Audi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was an Audi. It wasn't Rogan. Rogan was on stage. It was just in the green room. Well, th- I'm reading some of the tweets here, and Rorschach wrote the funniest thing. I love to hear someone in the early stages of Fez help. It is true, because we've all been through it before. Everyone else has given up. Yeah. I'm still going through it. That's funny. Well, it's quite the offer you threw him, Ari. That's quite, you're, you're quite the gentleman. Thanks, anyway. man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for taking the call. Have a good one. Signing off. Thanks. Yeah, there's a video of my, of my inflamed asshole going around. Now, Chris, knowing Fez the way you do, yeah. what are the odds that this thing happens? Zero. Zero. Oh. <laughs> this is a... 
Zero. This is a yes to stop the questions, is what you got. There is oh. no way. <laughs> really? No <laughs> fucking way in the world he's going to have sex with you. I'd like it to happen. Yes. You know, hoping is 100%. Years ago, we'd all be cheering and jumping up and down and tweeting out, and you see how none of us moved? Yeah. Went, oh, okay. Because <laughs> it's happened before. Um, do you want to come to my place, or should I go to the bell house? Oh, we're not. I don't think we should do it while I'm running my hour. I think I've got other things in my mind. See, he's taking control now. He feels good about it. Uh, yeah. He's turning it into a gross thing that he can hurt you with with your friends. Um, yeah, we could do the bell house maybe backstage afterwards if they let you stay there for a while. That's pretty public. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Well, I got to be honest. I was pretty relieved when you said zero percent. He was like, <laughs> "All right, I'm going to take you, make you even feel better. Zero percent is even high." <laughs> yeah, sex therapist, I think, is the way to go. I think sex therapist is the way to go, and not even have sex with her or him. I assume it's a her, him, just to talk, talk it out. Then what do you do? I mean, then that's just a therapist. Specifically, when they focus on sex. I've been to one. I went through a while. I thought we only got a boner for like a year and a half. Found out it was... And it was mental? Propecia. I quit that. I came back. But he gave me all these tips on how to, like, calm down. How to, like, get outside my head. And how I'd be like, hey, if it's not going to happen, don't worry about it. Go down on a girl. Just make, make her happy. Replace that with boy. Right. Yeah. Phew. Oh Phew. <laughs> Here, just a little one. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm doing better now. Financially. I will pay for a sex therapist for you. For like 10 visits. Instead Where you of having sex with me yourself. I will do that in addition if you work it out. If you work it out with them for 10 visits. But not even like have to have sex with them. Just to talk to them. Show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd say yes to that offer, but you just backed out on the previous one. He has to, dude. It ain't gonna happen. You're not gonna go have sex with his ass. You're not gonna do it. This one's a lot easier to, to follow through on. Yeah. I have a credit card and everything. Yeah, I'll go see your sex therapist. Fez, you fucking don't need that. You would pay for it here. C sucker. What do you mean? You have a health confused. program he has that health would, would oh. take care of you here. That would pay for a surrogate, a sex, sex therapist. therapist. You need therapy. For I didn't sex. say the guy's going to blow you. He's going to talk to you mostly. If it gets that, it gets that. But he'll calm you down. He's a professional. He knows way more than I do about it. <laughs> well, he figured out it was the Propecia. Yeah, he actually didn't. I read stuff later. He had nothing. <laughs> he didn't really help that much. Wasn't much of a scientist, really. Yeah. Um, Blowhard, how you doing, buddy? Hey, bro. Listen, you know, years ago there was an HBO special, and then they had that movie recently with Helen Hunt playing the sex surrogate. Yeah. With the paraplegic guy who wanted to get laid before he died. Uh -huh. And I think Fed should watch that film. Because she comes in and she just basically says, this is my breast, this is my ass, and kind of like just goes easy, rubs his balls a little bit, and eventually he gets to stick it in her. And the guy, the whole movie's like, hey, the guy finally got laid before he, and this is a paraplegic. 
The, what was it called? The Sessions, I believe? Was yeah. Well, it? first of all... There was an old L.A. law like that, too. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I would fucking blow a paraplegic before Fez. And I'm saying that as a straight guy. <laughs> I mean, Fez, the sex surrogate thing might be the perfect thing because this guy was anxious. This guy was living in a fucking uh, respirator and he couldn't move, but yet he wanted it so badly that he actually, you know, paid and had her come to the house and... You know, you start out baby steps, and then eventually... The Advice Show. <laughs> ram it in, and you're good to go. <laughs> and then you ram it in. All right, now, thanks. Ari, Maybe too much advice. Ari Cuton. Thanks, Blowhard. Okay, be well, guys. See you later. Go Jets. Let's talk about Ferguson. What happens there? I, I just read up a headline, and it seems like that Scottish talk show host yeah. shot some kid. Yeah, Craig Ferguson got fucking crazy, shot a kid, Pissed. and now black people are mad about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's not from here. I get it. I don't even know uh, how close is Ferguson to downtown St. Louis. What are we looking at there? I'd never know. heard of this town before. Yeah. And this is their big story. I thought it was like 20 or 30 miles, something like that. Yeah. And now the National Guard's rolling in. You know what I'm waiting for? Instead of them trying to create order and, and Obama constantly calling for calm, we need, yeah. we need everyone to be calm. Hey, Obama, try to fucking call for justice for once. Try to get mad on behalf of the rest of your race. And quit saying we need to calm down, let it go. Say, let's fucking find these guys, put them on trial immediately, let's find out the facts. Well, do they know who did it? Yeah, they know the cop who shot him. So what's happening it's, it's, from this It's point whether out? or not the guy was pushing him over and trying to... I think cops, when they shoot somebody, when they go too far, should get arrested well, for murder, if it happens. If that's what went down. Now, if right. the guy was struggling with them, then then no, then not murder. But, you, but they've they've got a... They, this has to show up in front of a jury somewhere, right? It has a to. A grand jury. Let's get to it. Um, so you're saying the faster it happens. Yeah. How about um, call for justice? Call you, for let's not, let's not let the cops have fucking tear gas canisters. Would you like to see that cop pulled out of his house in the middle of the night, taken off to in front of the crowd? Yeah, <laughs> not strung we up. You're going to do it. <laughs> no, not strung yeah. up. Yeah, but that's what's going to happen if they don't actually go through well, with the justice system. Here's what gets to me: uh, Why are we running the National Guard in now? Why hasn't the National Guard been in South Chicago during all these drive-bys? Why aren't mm -hmm. there more fucking order? Because I guarantee you, if there was drive-bys in my neighborhood, the cops would be all over the place making sure another one didn't happen. Yeah. And I think that people would feel better if they thought people in their neighborhood being shot and killed was a big fucking deal and America was upset about it. I think every time that there's a drive-by, we ought to treat it like it's Columbine. You ought to go on yeah. TV and scream, how could this happen? An innocent how, person yeah, got killed. How do we do something about this? Let's never let it happen again. Instead you know? of saying tisk tisk, they were yeah. but they were poor, so what can we do? I think we got to treat it like You're right. Ro yeah, like Robin Williams killed himself. You know what I mean? Like how do we make sure this never happens again? Because the acceptance of some of this violence mm -hmm. is is what gets to this point. Now, the only reason why people are paying attention now 
is because the cops go over there and they're not respecting the cops, and we see it on uh, TV. Cops are not respecting what? The the the, the people themselves are not re- respecting the break this up and go home. So that makes uh, on TV, but on a weekly basis in a lot of these neighborhoods, yeah, people are dying. Yeah, people are dying, and old people can't leave their house, and children can't go to school, and yeah. we. That's the point that we ought to say this is unacceptable. Yeah, send the National Guard in for that. You're absolutely yeah. right. Why not? It's a National Guard. It's our guard. Right. So it's getting out of hand. People are dying. Get them in there. Get order. I, I don't understand. The, show a presence. Yeah, show a presence and make sure we break it down. Don't violate people's rights. Yeah. But just show a presence saying this won't be tolerated anymore. Yeah, be on the side of all the people in the street instead of, I'm you know, pointing my guns. I'm here for you. <clears throat> We're going to make sure nothing else happens. Nothing else happens. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. They're all humans. Same shit in Gaza where people are like, well, they're using human shields. I'm like, yeah, but they're innocent human shields. Yeah. I'm like, well, they have to shoot. It's like, what if, what if they're holding your baby as their human shield? You wouldn't shoot back then. You're rating their value, the value of their life lower than the value of someone you know's life. But here's the other, this is another situation that you cannot in this country say that if you say Israel isn't doing everything absolutely correctly, yeah. you're called anti-Semitic. You're called anti-Israel. You're called pro-terrorist. And you're like, no, I'm just saying that you have to look at those people who grew up as Palestinians and realize that they feel this suppression, this yeah. suppression, this suppression, and every once in a while you pop. The problem comes from when everyone wants to say, like, who's at fault? This side or this side? And you go, who's not at fault is a 14-year-old Palestinian girl who has no home and parents now. Right. She's definitely not at fault. Yeah. Like, that's a, that's a problem. P- innocent people are dying. Yeah, I lived in Israel. I was super pro-Israel for a long time. And I'm like, it's, it's still, it's, it's getting closer and closer to... To South Africa. I would say this also if I was a police chief. If you're going to shoot an unarmed kid, yeah. do it in February. No one's going to be out on the street throwing shit. No one's going to... Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Thinking outside the box. Yeah. Let's do... I like that. You know, sub-freezing yeah. shootings. Pick your moments. Yeah. But don't do it in August. Stupid. Indiscriminately. Yeah. I mean, first of all, Neil Diamond, Hot August Night. It goes to show you, people are going to get crazy to Neil Diamond show. You know what I mean? What How much think? more so yeah. when innocent black unarmed men are yeah. getting shot to death? So you watch this stuff, and does it make you feel anti the man, anti-police? Which stuff? This when, stuff? When you watch, like, let's say... Well, the when the Ferguson. police go and try to take down the, the, um, the reporter's cameras. Right. I'm like, what are you guys doing? What are you doing there? What's the what's the purpose of that? To shoot a tear gas canister at a at a camera and then push the cameras down afterwards after they've chased out the reporters to then lower the camera so they can't see what they're doing. That just it really shows that you're doing something wrong. Right. Why else would you shut the door? Your parents shut the door and they're gonna fuck, and that's it. I th- I think this, and that's a good point, by the way. And hopefully they do. You know, I'm, I have a <laughs> yeah, feeling it didn't happen yeah, at Fez's house, and that's why he's <laughs> that's part a little of nervous. It's yeah. but, Fez, it's natural. Look at it, Fezzy. Look well, at it. Look what those two. Look what Daddy is doing to me. This is where you came from. <laughs> but, so by the way, we got out of Fez's sexuality. Yeah. He gets real quiet. We come back to it, and he's he's ready. He's always going to be there. You open up that, oh, we're ready to talk about you, Dorfez. He's there. He's standing. Yeah. He's not worried at all. You know what? Actually, it would be it would be make people talk about it less if you talked about other things. 
It makes me feel I like to include that, you, you can only go that way. Jason. <laughs> not Jason. Sorry. Why did you do the Jason thing? Oh, no. That's a very Jason Nash thing to say. Well, it did make sense, though. Yes, but I realize that. Oh. Now, by the way, who were you insulting there by calling him Jason? Jason. Oh, it, nice. It's not me. It's like Zari. It's not like me. I like Jason Nash. Yeah, me too. He's hysterical. Yeah. Real character. Real, real character. And he's terrific in that... Uh, in that Halls episode where I think he might have overacted just a little bit, but he Commercial. did the best he could. Now, this is an episode that he did uh, that our interns do like a little TV show. <laughs> Go to her. Thanks, Jason Nash. <laughs> <laughs> best. Go to her. <laughs> Like that guy calls him by his full name. Is that you? No. No, no. no. This guy looks like me. Yeah, he, uh, he is. He's like young. I was like, that looks different than you. Yeah, well, you're dressed the same exact way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Stupid backwards baseball cap. Oh, looks great. What are you talking about? School. Looks awesome. <laughs> Still rocking that. Sure. The, the puff of hair behind the. the what is your haircut, Ari? Come on. Here's Dwayne in Indiana. Yes, sir. Yeah. So your guys were talking about Israel and Hamas and them using their. Uh, human shields are, are, are you saying that israel shouldn't fight back well it's a good question and i'll tell you the answer because to that if, if canada was lobbing missiles into us every day like you know they're getting lobbed into israel i mean we would bomb the shit out of them what if they were using americans as human shields what would we do then well then we would still go in but would we would we blast up all the human shields would we kill them all well, we're not going to sit and just let our people. Get what do you think? Killed. What do you think? Would we or would we not? Just um, hypothetical would we or would question. We not? I don't think so if either. They were using if they were using an American human shields. Yes. If they were lobbing missiles indiscriminately, we would probably still go in. You think so? At the same rate? I, uh, At the same rate, I or do you think so. people would pause a little more? The other thing that you want to do is be careful how you use these word missiles, because how many of these missiles yeah. has killed anyone? They're really low-grade rockets. And yeah. here's, here's, there's two things. One, they wouldn't go in and, and, and shoot them at the same level if they were American human shields, in your, in your analogy. And I think that's because the problem is we're rating innocent Palestinians as lower than innocent um, Israelis. And the reality is, to me anyway, I've done enough mushrooms, that human lives are all pretty much the same. The other thing is... Um, Israel in the past has not gone in and killed all the human shields. They've done that right. for years and years, and they've shown more restraint. So the fact they're showing less restraint now is an issue. How, how are you saying that when they're they're calling them, they're dropping pamphlets, or they're telling the people, we're going to hit that house, get out of there? That doesn't matter to the human shields. That, the doesn't, human ma shields that doesn't matter to the six-year-old. Yeah, they're, they're well, the, the ones human that are shields stuck. are being forced to stay there by Hamas. Yes, that would be the point, just yeah. like if we went up to a bank and the bank guy had just grabbed the families that were in there, we wouldn't care. We're going to blow that fucking bank up. Yeah. We don't give a shit what you do. We would be thinking about the hostages. That's Ari's so, point on so this. So Israel's just supposed to stand by and just not do anything? Uh, nope. That's, there's an in-between. What they have been doing for the last seven, eight, nine years, which is when these rockets, when these low-grade rockets come over, they go in. And they don't just kill tons of innocents. And what they do is police work instead of attack. Just like back when there was the mafia in Chicago, we went and got Al Capone. We didn't bomb Chicago. That's the weird thing about it. If you're like, well, there's mafia in Brooklyn. Yeah. Let's start shooting some missiles over there until we <laughs> wipe them out completely. You have to go in and do police work. 
But at what point are, are they to fight back? I mean, eventually you're going to get it at your breaking point. I mean, if Canada was doing that, and there's no talking to you. Is there is there a line of how many how many people you can kill before? Like, is there a so let's say they killed three Israelis? How many, can you kill thousands of Palestinians? What is there you a know, number Israel, where it's like oh, there's too much now? Gaza to, for them to try to make their own country. Here's the thing. I think the problem comes when people say them, like they're all one group. Hamas is just there, but that six year old who has no parents now did nothing. Right. She's not part right. of Hamas. She was just a human who was born in a place. And I'm sorry about that, but, you I know. I don't think you are. You don't even sound slightly so, sorry. You sound like you just keep saying because, the same. Because I'm, I'm you know, if, if that was happening here or any country, they should defend themselves. Do you understand what you're talking about defending against a six-year-old girl? You you refuse to hear the point that Ari is putting some value on that life of that girl. And if trust me, my my relative, sorry, go ahead. My relatives still live there. I used to live there. I have any time a story about Israel comes up, my my head perks up. That's the only piece of news I ever care about. I care about Israel. I really do. But in the same way, I can still say, guys, we're we're doing. Let's say we we're doing something wrong. Um. Nope. So you feel uh, he's gone now. No. So you feel like you're fairly alone on this, though. I've started to feel like yeah. there's a problem, and I know I get it. It comes. They used to do the, for the checkpoints. They used to not not stop ambulances from coming through. Right. They say clearly you're in a rush. We're going to let you guys go. The Palestinian ambulances, and then one of the terror, one of the militant groups started um, smuggling guns and bombs on on ambulances so then the israelis were left with no choice but we've got to stop them too and some people died because they couldn't get to the hospital in time it's a fucked situation but there's no like we're right in doing this and you're wrong in doing that that's just not a reality how long do you live in israel two and a half years so in that two and a half years how much of the time felt like there was some kind of tension between the palestinian there were always neighborhoods you were not allowed to go into yeah just absolutely cannot like go that past that block. Six thousand years, really. Yeah. Not like here, where you don't go to Avenue D if it's dark. Right. You don't go there during the day either. It's been that way for yes, thousands of years. The 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 settlements they used to have, the Jews used to have pre nineteen pre when they had the country. Yeah. And they always everyone always goes back to this too. And it's like, well, it was ours before yours. I'm like, none of the people alive now were around in 1948. Right. It's ridiculous notions. They didn't do any of that, but. What was I just going to say? Sorry, I haven't smoked pot yet today. My mind gets a little off. What was I just saying? <laughs> this is funny because you were right there. Yeah. For a second, you were all right on top of it. Um, here is... Yeah, there was tense. There was always tension. Yeah. Um, oh, I know what it was. The old settlements used to get attacked by, by the Palestinian fucking marauders. They would, they would cut their water supply. And that's why a lot of them left afterwards because they're afraid of reprisals. Reprises from them doing something like you know trying yeah. to kill these Israeli settlers. They were dirt. Okay, I'm gonna get heat for this. Palestinians are the Mexicans of the Middle East. Hmm. The rest of them don't respect Palestinians. They're 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 closer to the fucking. I'm not gonna use the word animals, but the kind of the the jerks that always are violent, whatever that is. That's yeah. who the Palestinians are. They were always that way. So it doesn't mean they should be killed. Yeah. But that's just kind of how they were back then.
Uh, and the and you're talking about the other Arabs. Yeah. Look at the Palestinians. That's why the Palestinian refugees are there. When when all these countries attacked Israel and Israel drove Jordan back past Jerusalem, they were like, okay, we got all your people, come get them back. And they were like, we don't want the Palestinians back. And Israel was like, well, we don't want them, they're yours. And Jordan's like, fuck them, they're Palestinians. Which is 65% of Jordan is Palestinians and they can't vote, they can't do anything there. They don't want them. So now they're just refugees. Nobody wants them. They should get their own country, but they should demilitarize the problem. It's just a fucking problem. Uh, where would the, the where would their own country be? Because it certainly doesn't work with them being next to Israel. Yeah, you know in two I mean? spots too. Yeah, there's so much hatred there. But also, it's not as bad. There's parts of Gaza. There's malls there. They have movie theaters. Yeah, it's not all rubble. Western media shows a story that they like to show in everything. Do you know China's not communist and hasn't been for 50 plus years? But we're still telling these stories that Western media likes to sell. It's not as bad as it makes it, it makes them out. But right now, it's things are going bad. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know where the country should be. Probably in the West Bank, but I, I, I don't know. And what did Germany do after they... I mean, they weren't allowed to have a military for a long time. Right. But then you got to have a police force. So I don't know. I'm not going to figure it out. It's up to you, Ari. I don't have anyone else right now that I can get to figure this thing out. But it is fucking frustrating. It's frustrating. And it's frustrating that there's certain things that just carry on and we end up, like, you know, going back to the Ferguson thing. The race story in this country has been going on forever. Yeah. The, the, the things that have divide us, which if you really think about it, how much do we agree on? We probably, as a people, across yeah. the board, agree 90% of things, mm -hmm. you know, which means Absolutes. that we're all like 90% conservative. Like, this is the way we want the world to work. Yeah. And some people are a little progressive in this area, but this makes violent upset. You know what I mean? We just get crazy An with our indifferences. Yeah. The weird thing is being in New York for this last year and a half, I've really noticed that like race is not all the race they presented to us, the, the, the traits, they're all kind of hacky now. So yeah. many black people are just cool and they don't, they're into regular progressive rock. Yeah. You know, it's not, this, the stereotypes aren't real anymore. If not they, everywhere. Yeah, if they were ever, and a lot of times people play into them. But also, when you even say progressive rock, how many white kids love the same exact music, you know, Yeah. Of, as black kids? Absolutely. Now it's just, 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 it's just all, it's kind of overlaps. Yeah. And it is, it is weird that, let's say, in Manhattan, there's probably, and Brooklyn, I can't speak for the Bronx. I don't know the Bronx that well, but I would I'd throw Queens into this. There's like less race related things because people are doing shit together. Yeah, they're out every day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You have to either you have to be super racist and angry right. all the time because they're all around you, or yeah. fucking get over it. I, I say this sometimes about New York, and some people might disagree with me, but it's the only place that if someone says to you, "Hey, come on over, we're gonna go pick up." Two of my friends, that he doesn't warn you that they're black first. You know what I mean? <laughs> like normally, like other people hang out in the rest of the country, but they'll go, "Hey, we're gonna go pick up my black friend, and then we're all gonna go to the party together." But in New York, yeah. you just never know <laughs> whether someone's party. friend is yeah. going to show up if they happen to be black or not. It's probably not a huge jump ahead, but it's it does seem though. like it's you know. But the old generation's not like that. My dad, yeah. we used to torture him about me dating non-Jewish girls. And my brothers and sisters would be like, what would you do if Ari brought home, you know, a non-Jew? And my dad was really trying to be progressive about it. Yeah. Because, I mean, he was raised in Israel, you know, 
uh, as an Orthodox Jew. And he was like, well, you know, I wouldn't disown him. Like, I know that I'm supposed to, but I wouldn't do that. He's still my son. I would still love him. And it would hurt, but, you know, I would try to, he's my family, and I would never, never give that up. And then my brother was like, what happens if you brought home a black girl? And my dad goes, now you're being stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try to keep this in yeah. a conversation yeah. of this universe. Yeah. Uh, here's Ron. Ron's from Palestine. Go ahead. Hi, guys. Uh, Ari, it seems that you're a little bit balanced in your views uh, when it comes to Palestine Israel, and I appreciate that. And I'd like, like to give you a shout-out that you should speak out more and uh, not be worried about the consequences, because we need Jews like you to speak the truth. The problem stems between Palestine and Israel strictly from occupation. The occupation needs to end, whether it's in the West Bank or in Gaza. I'm not sure that's 100% true, and I'll tell you why. Because before the occupation, before this happened, before Jews got Jerusalem, in the charter of the PLO was, we need to drive the Jews into the sea. The occupation came later, but... What predated the occupation was the desire by the militants, not by most Palestinians, but by the militants. And that's what really is. It's a, it's, a, it's a fight between the IDF, the Israeli side, and the Hamas. And there's all these innocents who just want to go to work. You, 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 can't, you can't really confuse the two. Hamas is part of the Palestinian society. Israel is a country. So you can't confuse the two. And uh, when just prior to this uh, trouble that was taking place right now with the... Uh, with the fighting, uh, there was unity government that was being combined with Mahmoud Abbas basically having the upper hand, which is the PLO, the moderates, who we want to deal with, basically. And Hamas was coming over saying, fine, we will be part of the government, we, you know, we'll accept everything. The only people who refused it is Israel. Israel right now is not ready for peace. Uh, Benjamin Netanyahu is not ready for peace. And to be honest with you, if I was Jewish myself, and if I was Zionist, I wouldn't want peace either. Because the way it is right now is Israel has the pie, and they're eating it too. They're superior militarily, and they have America giving complete cover politically as well as internationally. Let me ask you a question. Uh, I I heard this recently, and I thought it was interesting. If um, all the Arab countries decided to say, hey, we're not going to fight anymore. This is not my thought. This is something I saw online. Decided to say, hey, we're not going to fight anymore. We're putting down our guns. Israel, do whatever you want to do. We're just not fighting back, no matter what happens. What would happen? I'm not sure I understand your question. Well, let's reverse it. If Israel laid down their weapons and said, we're not going to fight anymore. Do whatever you want to do, but we're not going to fight anymore. Okay, what would happen? Nothing. Everybody will be, and we'll, we will have uh, peace and coexist and uh, move on. There will always be extremists on the Israeli side. There will always be extremists on the Palestinian side. How many, how many mosques, how many churches, I'm, I'm a Catholic myself, have been desecrated by... Uh, by yeah, that's uh, more of a problem. It's a Muslim problem. The Christian Palestinians, most people don't know that. There's, there's Christian Palestinians, and they have schools and hospitals. Everything's orderly. Harry, Harry, you spent two and a half years in there. And uh, the same goes to the Jewish people. Jewish people are, are holding Christians and, and Muslims in contempt. How many, how many uh, bishops, how many priests in the, in the Holy Land can't have access to religious sites and being spit on by, uh, you know, uh, yeshiva students? Plenty. 
right. Isn't it funny how much trouble these religious sites bring to these three different religions? You know? Yeah, they give them access. They give them access to the Western Wall and to the, and to the Dome of the Rock. They give them complete access to that. In fact, that's what started the, the uprising 12, 13 years ago was when a, when a Jewish leader went into the Dome of the Rock, just entered it, and there was mass panic and fucking uprisings. And he did that. That that happened because he walked Israel in. He no walked way. into a place. Yeah, he, he did. But he did that on purpose. He did that because he wanted to start an intifada. He wanted to start an uprising because at that time, I don't know if you recall, it was Camp David. Uh, he started and, an uprising uh, by walking it, into a religious site. No, but that's, you know, when you, when you bring on, it man. down and simplify it like that. He, here's what would have been great. 1948, yeah. when we were looking to create Israel, that we would have done it in Colorado yeah. or somewhere near Vancouver. Well, there was, there and we'd have zero problems right now. It would be purchased by, uh, by Jews in, in Tunis, but it, ne it never took place because there's a lot of Asian, uh Jews who were in Tunis already. And, you know, the Sephardics would have facilitated for that. But uh, the Zionist movement wanted it to be in Palestine. You know, and, and it's just, it's just, here's the, the problem. Well, there were tons of Jews there already. That's in 48. There was tons and tons of Jews there. They'd gone in 